0: Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the Talking Wednesday podcast, Dex. Here as always, jo- God, look at this now. It's it's not just Punk Chef 41. Easier, of course. And uh, now, now, as we will occasionally, over time as we've said, this is the first time as a three, this is uh, Mr. Worko. Jack, how are you doing, my friend? I'll start hi. with you
1: because you're... Go, I'm doing great. I'm doing it. great, my friend. In fact, I'm just glad to be back. Glad to be back. And I talked over you, and I can see your little. I can see your little <laughs> grin of annoyance because I talked over you a little bit there. But you know, I, I I'm back. Hello, hello everyone. Hello, listeners. That hello, does sound like
0: I've just chastised you for at the start of this podcast. For t- and that wasn't the thing. We've noticed recently the latency on Discord has been and in general, like for some mm-hmm. reason, I think it's because Jake's internet clearly is just tapping two sticks together in a mm-hmm. minute or something. But we've noticed noticed that there has been a bit of talking over each other on that. It's not really shown on the podcast on the edit end, but that that because we record this in real time and then I fix the latency, it's one of those things where it's like I do find myself stopping to speak so somebody can finish because they've started halfway through a sentence. I've not just gone. You never coming on here again. That was ages ago. That was after last time he left the podcast and he was in tears.
1: So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stop start sounds very much like my love life right now. I uh, oh. But that's a whole other Jeez. story. That's a, that's a I think you're going to take this podcast anyway. to
0: different places, but yes. I, I'm, I'm game for it. I'm game yeah, no. for it. <laughs> not not to be involved in your love life. I'm not <laughs> game in that.
1: What a disappointment. What a disappointment, James. I, oh. Well, it, de- well. it de- depends on the mood. Right.
0: Um, that does sound so dodgy for so it many reasons. On Jake. Mood. Jake. Jake. Hi. You're still here. Hello. I am still here. How's your week been, mate?
2: It's been fun. It's been fun getting used to things at the minute. Uh, Little in the first week of school, enjoyed it. And now I'm stuck during the day thinking I need to get things done before she gets back. And I have figured out it's a longer walk than I first thought because there's lots and lots of sodding hills. (laughs) So it's not fun, uh, but she's going to be one fit little girl when it comes to PE. But... At the end of the day, it's been good. It's been a weird one. This week's been very strange. Kind of thing. Jack,
1: how's your week been, mate? It's been great. It's been wonderful. I actually, uh, over the weekend, I went on this uh, little trip with a load of people I've met from uh, Twitch um, to Alton Towers. And so that was uh, that was all rather fun. That was all kind of kind of nice to kind of like see people that have just been pixels to you for the longest time. And then suddenly they're like, flesh and bone big big old meat bags with skin and bone and stuff and it's just it's just it's nice to like put the face to the to the sort of the name or the the pixels on the screen finally you know so uh, that was you're, that was a, quite, you're a modern kind of day fun.
0: wordsmith you are meat bags of these people
1: <laughs> meat bags <laughs>
0: no it was weird because when me and jake met for the first time on the anniversary mm. episode mm. we were like this is this, is, this is very odd especially when we were sitting next to
2: each other going oh hang on you're not green.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In that awful not being able to balance the exposure on the cameras because we had to do it quite quickly because Yeah. Yeah. That was that was fun. But yeah. So good weeks. Happy boys. Yeah. Absolutely. In a good week. How was your week? Absolutely. How was my week? Yes. Um It's been interesting. Can I can I
2: guess? Busy.
0: I'm not saying it every week. I've purposely <laughs> tried Not to say it. It um, needs
1: to be on a t-shirt now. It needs to be like Dexterity Box merch. I've been busy. I've been busy. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah, We we will do merch, but I don't want like, I don't want crap print shirts. I Mm. want like, if they're going to, they need to be a good quality of print shirt or stuff like that. I've I've been in band merch for long enough to know something's rubbish. Mm. And I'd rather not have a lot of merch, but maybe a small line of merch that costs a little bit more, but it's something that you're like, oh, that's actually pretty Mm. cool. Something I'd want. So we will we will have a look at that sort of stuff. Feel free to get your suggestions in, uh, in there for things you would like to see. But in terms of my week in general, it's been all right. You know, I've been just picking things uh, fully back up. We've um South's got a new job starting at the end of October, so awesome. We'll be uh, very nice. We'll be looking at a lot Go. of lifestyle changes for that. So that's going to be fun. I'm really, really happy for her, but it's also one of those things where you're like, okay, so we've got to work out a lot of logistics now with with different things because a new job means new timings, new mm. new responsibilities, things like that. So but I can't really say anything because I am obviously in the music industry and I change everything all the time, working evenings, working mornings, doing all that. So I can't I can't really say, Oh, that's an issue when I'm the one that just changes my working hours all the time. So, yeah, it's it's all fun, all, all good things happening. But, yeah, um, I say all good things happening, but obviously we'll go into the news straight away here after housekeeping. There's, there's, there's been something that's considered not good happening, of course, which is which has resulted in the f- the first news story today before we get into the crux of the episode. But housekeeping... Memberships are available on the channel. Make sure you join. There will be things available for mem- more things available for members, other than obviously the emojis, the different the shout outs, the things like that that you get at the different tiers. There will be um, some things actually available that you can enter. So make sure you are becoming a member and getting active. And if you've been a member for a long time, and we've said this for a little while, do not worry. I've not forgotten about you. I've seen you there every month going, You're the real one. You're the real one. And I will eventually sort my out and we will get we will get on that. But yes, uh, than, all that the rest you.
1: of you that haven't joined, which in that case, you're all just bots to James. You need to you need to be the join <laughs> member. So join now It's very cheap and very easy and very nice. You get a lot of oh. a plethora of content. Uh, Jack, for, are you a the, member? No, I'm not. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a bot. Hello, surprise! I'm a I'm an AI created specifically for this podcast. I, I think, think we gave you honorary membership, thing. didn't you? Because didn't yes. you once
0: just like have like you come in, you came in on one stream and just decided to drop all your money at one point, and I was like, "What are you doing, you madman?" Yes, mad You yes. kept on releasing to Deem all the time.
1: Match tickets for you,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much.
1: Because I just enjoyed Kadeem Harris coming up. You know that's. I don't I think it's the channel, is it? Nah, it can't. Um, it's a it's yeah. a cult figure now on 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 all of the, the dexterity watch streams. See, Indeed. I also got I also got the name right this time. I, I didn't another time, and you shouted at me, but I got it right this time.
0: Have I ever shouted at anyone?
1: Yes, you were like, it's not whatever I said. It was it, it's dexterity I'm watch workout.
0: I'm a, and, a yes absolute. Get on her. right? Just, a, just um, an angry man. Into the, into the crux of the episode. Today we will be all about the transfer review. So we've brought Worko on because it's a good one to get a lot of perspective on. And it, there'll be a lot to talk about. It's actually, we always plan to do that this week. Mm. The fact that there's been no football has actually just meant that it's worked out really well in that respect. So the first news story, there is a couple of news bits to go through. Um, the Wednesday website, so this is from the Wednesday website, the EFL fixture programme will return as scheduled from Tuesday the 13th of September with tributes to be paid to Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II at grounds around the country. A minute's silence will be held before matches with black armbands to be worn by participants, flags to be flown at half-mast and the national anthem to be played in stadiums. With a national policing plan now in operation, the league and clubs will continue to work with forces in respect of any challenges that may emerge regarding poli- policing of specific fixtures consideration to individual circumstances will be made on a case by case basis in line with the standard match safety advisory group protocols, (SAG protocols and um, quote. So obviously the uh, British monarch died this week. The queen died. It resulted in a cancellation of fixtures there. It, I think it's been a very odd experience for everybody. No matter where you sit on it, really, it's been um, an odd one. Specifically, I don't want the controversy that surrounds the whole thing on the podcast. And I'm not... uh, I know, so you have your faith in whatever you want that. sort. you believe what you want to believe about the Royal family is basically what I'm saying. I think as, a, as a, we've got quite a diverse opinion mm. on the, on the monarchy in general across this podcast, everybody feels something slightly different, but I think we all have a general respect, which is, which is something that we have. And I think everybody should have no need for crassness. I don't think the fixtures should have been canceled. Especially, I thought that was a little... I I, I do want to say that from a footballing perspective. I feel like that was a little bit odd given that other sports were going on, other events were going on, work was resuming. I don't know what your take on that one was.
2: The timing. The timing was bad on it as well because you did it about 11 o'clock. If you're going to cancel it, you do it early door, like nine o'clock so everyone knows. Everything else got a good time slot to get done but I think the timing of it, I know in the Premier League, all the clubs apparently voted on it and said they wanted to uh, do it. So it wasn't in the Premier League's hand to a point. They voted on it. They said, no, uh, we don't want to do it. We want to do it. the EFL is a lot different because it's more clubs. Like for Plymouth, this would have been a massive game for them in terms of money and revenue they would have got from Wednesday coming down because we would have taken a load of, people and now i think the reverse game is probably going to be something stupid like a midday tuesday game and you're not going to get as many people
1: yeah jack yeah i i i think the blame in this uh, sort of lies on the AFL because clearly with how the whole nation outside of football is reacting and all the various industries and everything this event has been very well planned and on in, in all levels of infrastructure throughout the country. And yet the EFL surely would be, you know, if organizations like the EFL would have been clued in to a certain plan. And yet they've left it until the 11th hour, literally as the Sheffield Wednesday team bus is halfway down the country going towards Plymouth to say, we're canceling all the fixtures this weekend. So all traveling teams have got to turn right around wherever they are on the on the M1 or whatever else and go back home because there's no game this weekend and I that's that's the the late it being cancelled so late in the game type of thing is why I is why I think that it's not a very good thing had this been an immediate yes all games are being cancelled great plenty of notice whatever but the fact that it's been left so late in the day to then say it's cancelled I I don't like that. but I, I, I also just yeah. feel,
0: I just feel that the, uh, it's a bit out of touch. It felt a bit out of touch. It felt mm-hmm. like if we're trying to like bring the monarchy into the modern day era, you don't, you don't start, it, it's often considered a working class sport. I think a lot of football is actually, unfortunately priced out a lot of the working class and the working class that are in the sport literally have that and nothing else because they, it's taking their entire bloody, bank account you know but it's it's one of those where it just felt a bit out of touch especially with the fact that there was cricket matches going on there was the national anthem being sung there there was there was opportunities for it to be done and the the, the basis of it is they didn't trust fans not to yeah chant they didn't trust certain fan bases obviously people are throwing stuff at liverpool but it would be in general there would be pockets mm. of fan bases just not you know, booing the national anthem, doing things like that, and they didn't want that. And it, it's kind of, I don't know. I just don't. I don't agree with the way it was done, really. Especially because the funerals next weekend and the 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 fixtures are resuming on the thirteenth. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit odd. It kind of feels like it was a knee jerk. They panicked and cancelled them. That's what it felt like to me. It's been a very odd week.
2: The thing is, the government said it's up to the people who govern football. It's your decision. So it wasn't... The government said you can go ahead if you want. It was just the people in charge of the football governance, so Premier League and EFL, that just... They got it wrong, but at the same time, I understand what they were trying to do. But like I said, in a new... If you're trying to make the monarchy in a modern era, the way he can be respectful and still do it. Like the cricket was very respectful, the rugby was. It's just... It's like one of these things with, uh, on the Friday, I think the St. Ledger was cancelled, but it then went ahead on the Saturday. Now, the Queen absolutely loved horse racing, and she would have been like, okay, that's brilliant. And she, what from what a lot of people have said, she was a big person who loved sport in general. So she may have been, in her mind, wanted it to go ahead.
0: Yeah, I think I think there was a bit of panic around there. It's mm. been, it's not even, It's the football was nowhere near the oddest things I've seen this week, obviously. No. <laughs> I went into a Dunkin' Donuts, right? They're not allowed to sell Mr. Happy Donuts because we're all in mourning. Are you kidding? I'm not.
1: (laughs) What the (laughs) hell?
0: On the Friday, any leftover, like, Mr. Happy Donuts they had to have, they had to give away... And not make any through the ten days because you're not allowed to be happy. They couldn't. They had to take the Mister Happy Donut off the menu.
2: Ah, just stupid.
0: I'm not even making that up, right? And it's stuff like that that I look at and go,
1: what? Mm. What? The funniest things. The funniest things like that that I have seen are when it's been like a you know like a proper techno drum and bass type radio station and then suddenly yes. they've interrupted it and gone her royal majesty queen elizabeth ii has passed this afternoon in, in you know Balmoral castle and then they've followed that the end of that up immediately with the big baseline drops so then it starts yeah. going do 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 after the news announcement and it's i've just seen loads of those all over social media and i just I will... can't believe that they've timed it that way mm.
2: I would love to see, uh, like the reactions of the radio hosts seeing that blue light suddenly go on and go, "Oh, we've got to do something now." Oh dear.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. It was weird because there's obviously a bank holiday being called as well. There's been nothing said on the fixtures beforehand, so I assume we're running still fixtures through that weekend. Um. I've not seen I anything. Said. I don't. I don't agree with taking people's especially if you're in mourning sort of thing you you don't take away people's outlets of joy you know cuz the the thing that it lost it lost to me is football and sport is a lot of people's escape at the weekend so you're still telling them they've got to go to work all week but then they, they you're taking away their escape and that that angered me a little bit in a way i was like this is this is where the lines sort of get crossed of this is not cool you know and i could understand people I don't know. I think that was just my my, my the way I um, sat on it, but yeah.
2: And a lot of people lost their gate due to the pandemic anyway, so yeah. it felt like another kick in the teeth again. I guess for some of them, like going, oh, we just got it back. way, right? feeling a little bit normal now. You are taking it away?
0: Um. Yeah, I am. I'm. I'm concerned that I don't know if you saw that video going around that there was people protesting the monarchy and the police were moving. Yes, like, I've seen that. that. I don't. No matter what your opinions are on that, we need to. St- not crack down on the protesting thing because that's how you end up in trouble, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little bit worried exactly. at the minute. Mm. <laughs> little bit worried, right? So let's talk about. That's about as political as I'm getting on the Talking Wednesday podcast, but everybody should be a little bit concerned about that, Just a tiny bit, because one day it'll be at your door, right? So obviously it leaves us with some extra time Wednesday to to regroup and really kick on we've got the re the postponed fixtures i'm I'm all out of whack now wednesday's next fixture would be now Morecambe obviously it's morcombe the day yeah, of this today. podcast isn't it yeah there's a potential dexterity watch pretend
2: uh, i think it's morcombe no. it switch
1: well well done for yeah. dating the podcast guys great job oh
2: you do
0: realize we date it every single week, every, right? I know. I'm just unless on we're the doing joke a special episode. Yeah, didn't get a you know. joke. It's a little Jack Worko man with the. We get it, worko. You watch the podcast.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Can you tell I'm a fan? Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that I wonder if that came through the microphone as. Yeah, <laughs> really I know. It like just <laughs> did for you guys it did through my subject. headphones. Well, well. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that created a pregnant pause. Just, you know, it was, oh, glorious listening. Oh, glorious for God listening God to say, you guys we, out there at home.
0: We get it. We
2: get so it. So apparently, I've just looked it up. Apparently, the nearest mid de- midweek date is going to be the 28th for the Plymouth game for September.
1: Right, okay. Oh, that's going to be chilly.
0: Ooh. That can be Tuesday night. Ooh. That's... That's, that's going to be, be a fun a
1: nightmare trip for so yep. many fans. I do so hope they don't rearrange something like that. For it's a annoying! F- I really hope they don't. They will, but they I will. Hope they don't. They yeah. will. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. It's what it's, it's, it, it, it's what happens, isn't it? But yeah. Oh no! Oh no! Tuesday night going all that. Way. Oh,
0: part of me is like, I was actually working on the weekend. It was getting rescheduled, so if anybody wanted to give up their away ticket for that because they
1: couldn't go and it was midweek i'd potentially do the trek myself mm. i would say in that scenario do the whole you know how um during covid they were just putting games on ifollow and things i'd put that as an ifollow game and well you will be a ticket for that game you can get this you know you'll get a code emailed to you and that's a free match pass for the video mm. thing because you know Yes, but that would—it just seems good. That, that would sucked.
0: be uh, that would that would be eye following actually benefiting customers, which wouldn't usually happen, would it? No. <laughs> yeah. I, mm, mm. The away matches get... where they just take in—they they charge you just to listen to Radio Sheffield. I know yep. it's it's daft, doesn't it? It's so daft. We need to get Sheffield Wednesday. I, don't get TV. me wrong. I like no, that. I like Radio like... Sheffield's commentary of it. It's just weird mm. to to pay for it and then because they'll start doing the rounds yeah. so they'll start talking about the other scores and then you've not got the other link so you just get like Rob Stater going and now to Chesterfield or whatever and
1: then it's like dead silence yep <laughs> and, uh, well thank you and out, now yeah. and a shout out to Paul aged 43 from WorkSop that was um, annoying just having just having dinner while watching the game nice nice to have you on the
2: have you listening along? I'm guessing but, oh. you're quoting the Bradford game.
1: <laughs> oh, really? What? Whatever made you think that? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was like every anyway. two seconds it was, and a shout out to so and so. Shout out to so. Give us some match commentary, please. That's what
2: we came for.
0: Well, I, oh. we were. I'd taken so for, for an interview for this job that she she'd got. Um, and we were staying in a hotel somewhere. So I sort of like got 20 minutes late to that Bradford game and I kind of just went, I'm not bothered.
2: Yeah.
0: And I'm so glad I didn't spend a tenner on that. Peter's a cup, you know?
2: in it? Not worth it.
1: And I we were crap. And I I'm, am and I'm, I feel I, I regret spending a tenner on that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Anyway. Anyway. So there was a... Article in Yorkshire Live this week talking about Chancery and Moore's relationship. I'll read you the quotes from Moore in there. He said, unquote, I'm very thankful for the chairman and he knows it. Our chairman doesn't really want me to say much because he wants to be in the background and carry on with the support he's given me. The support he continues to give me in the football club in all, all areas has been tremendous. He is very much hands on. He is very much involved with all the decisions that are going on at the football club. We are constantly in communication every single day. Myself, him and David downs. We'll have a discussion in terms of what we have done and everything else moving forward. We are always trying to be one, front in front, one foot in front with communication and what we are doing forward. It is the way I feel things should be done. When asked if it felt he was under any pressure to repay the chairman's faith in him, Moore simply replied that he focused more on his job to win more than anything else. Quote, I don't get clouded by it all. I know we're all in the business to win games. I have always had that mentality and tried to build a team to play in the certain way you believe in. There are many different dynamics to teams out there. We had to build a team this summer with the players whose contracts were up or let go. You try and bring in new faces and redress the balance. If I go back to when I joined the football club, one of the biggest things I mentioned was the balance of the team was all wrong. I knew in terms of the structure of the squad and what we wanted to do that we wanted to build the right team and get the right balance. You can only address that through the windows when they are open. We had our eye on certain individuals in the summer and I felt we had to strengthen and bring more balance to the team. We tried to reduce the age of the squad. You're constantly working with the things in trying to put a team together that eventually you feel over the years can be a group that continuously grows and keeps building together. End quote. It's been a slow news week. That's why this one's in here, because it's just talking about his relationship with the chairman again. And um, we're not going to talk about this one too much, but it's it's good to see that that it sort of written out from Moore that he has that relationship with Chancery and Chancery doesn't really want to be in the spotlight anymore. He literally just wants to have someone get on and run the club. Jake, your thoughts?
2: I think that's the correct decision for Chancery as well. It takes a bit of the backlash off him. It, and the backlash was undeserved, let's be honest. It, he didn't deserve any of that. He'd done his best. And yeah, sometimes these things happen. But he got a lot of bad press for no apparent reason kind of thing in terms of just trying to... Because I think it's what, six, seven years now he's out of the club? Ish.
0: That seems right. Didn't he take, so, I
1: think he took over when I was in uni, so that seems yeah, right. It's, it's actually, it was uh, seven months, Um it was seven years, sorry, uh three months ago. So he's been the owner for, yeah. of us for seven so he's years still, and three months.
2: He's still quite a young owner in terms of what he's doing and learning. He's still learning, but the fact that he's learnt lesson from not being completely in the centre, going, talking to people, like doing press conference, because if you've noticed, there's not many times now where you get like, a exclusive interview with Dom House and the Yorkshire Live at Zanima at times. It very much, he spreads it across all of them now, because I think he trusts them not to write, I don't want to say hit pieces, but to put him in a bad light, and I think they understand it, kind of thing. Because he was getting hit piece, but it's great. It's great to see that the, the communication there, the, the relationship, you always want a good relationship with your chairman and gaffer, because if you don't have that, it doesn't work. No. Jack? I mean,
1: I I agree with what Jake was saying there because our, if you remember in the season we got relegated, virtually everybody other than Alex Miller um, and Joe Cran, uh, everybody was just writing hit pieces on Mr. Chancery left, right and centre for things that maybe actually were not really all that deserved and they didn't look into it properly but Thailand were not allowed... You know, that there was that whole mess with uh, pay, players not being paid on time and that sort of thing. Thailand... Yep were tightening the screws on letting any money go out of the country to, to another country. So that's why he was having trouble getting the funds across from where all of his money is in Thailand to here to pay the players because the, it was legally not allowed during COVID because tourism had stopped and that's Thailand's like whole source of income pretty much. So they then reverted to look uh, to putting all of their hopes on the rich families from that country to prop up the economy so that's why they said no amount of money past this level is allowed out of the country and wednesday's uh, books required a heck of a lot of more a heck of a lot more money than it does right now to pay the players for example and that was that whole mess but they weren't really looking into that they were just saying there's unrest they were just trying to stir the pot because it was a big headline because oh look they've already been deducted points so let's just get on them even more because it's newsworthy and and all that sort of thing and i do agree that a lot of the things being written about the chairman were quite unfair that year, I think. And I think that's maybe scared him, not necessarily scared him away, but it's made him a bit more reluctant to come forwards to, uh, press outlets to be in the spotlight, which I think a lot of people sort of said, yes, we need that from a chairman going forwards, but I still do think that he deserves a lot of credit where it's due when he does do really good things. Um, so I, I I agree with Jake, but I also think that when he does something really good, that should also have equal spotlight compared to when they were just hounding him for literally anything they possibly could a few years ago. You know, I
0: it's it's interesting you talk about that hit piece time because I remember we were doing the podcast at that point, mm. obviously, and I remember we actually did the breakouts and we got we knew we were getting more engagement if you fr- if you frame the title. As a question about Chan Siri but we were quite defensive of him in the podcast. We were probably mm. quite more lenient than most. I remember actually pitching the argument that you just said about the uh, the, the struggle to get funds out of Thailand at the time because I looked at, I, I was looking into it. I was literally looking into the uh, the currency situation there, and I just I do remember the vitriol around the Chan Sery situation, and I've said all along. And I, I, I want to see him do well because he seems like a man with his heart in the right place. Oh, yeah. and I think I just kept saying that. Yeah, but now we are in a position where he can do things in the background and just and get it done in that respect. And if he wants a quieter life with it and then eventually sell or whatever, then I'm happy for him to do things in the background. Right. That's the news. <laughs> We are doing our transfer review this week, so we want to talk about Sheffield Wednesday's transfer window and then we'll do some honourable mentions later on in the window uh, in the episode about other clubs in League One, maybe making some standout signings, things like that. What The ones that we've, we've picked out, having a look at. But I want to take you down memory lane and basically start Sheffield Wednesday's first signing and I'm going to give you a refresher of when we signed him I'm going to give you a refresher of the article and how the news broke and then a little bit of information on the player and then we're going to sort of like review Sheffield Wednesday's transfer window how do we review the players that have come in and we'll do them individually each at each point we, we're not going to like go for a points based system things like that we could tier list it if we'd really wanted to but <laughs> podcast format we will take it in the fact that we will just review each player how we sort of feel we don't need to put a number on it we might put a number on it we'll see how it goes right so the first one through the door was ben hennigan and this is how the article read on swfc.co.uk back in june Quote, the Owls will sign Ben Hennigan on the 1st of July upon his expiry of contract with AFC Wimbledon. The towering central defender features 71 times for the Dons after joining in 2020 and becomes Wednesday's first edition of the summer transfer window. End quote. I'm not going to read the whole quote there. There's some key information in there. He was a free. He was our first signing. And he obviously had a lot of experience for a relegated Wimbledon side now there were some questions around that. We can discuss that a little bit more in a second. He's a 28-year-old player that came through the door in a position that was highly needed for Wednesday at the time. And he's obviously he's he's looked good so far. We won't specifically speak about that too much, but he has had experience with a rast of clubs, including Chester, Motherwell, Sheffield United, and which has got no experience there because he made no appearances. He went on Blackpool alone <laughs> oh, to Blackpool. And then obviously Wimbledon. And now Wednesday. So I'm going to start with uh, you, Jack, on this one. Ben huh. Hennigan,
1: thoughts. I think he's been a sol- solid signing, and I know loads of people were questioning. Oh, well, they've just got relegated. Why are we signing him from? Why are we signing a player from a relegated side? Well, he was. It was. It was that sort of situation where he was the only big performer, where he was reliably putting in performances week in week out. He couldn't control what the players around him were doing, but. I think so far, from how he's appeared for us, anyway, he seemed really solid. Um, but I would say, in a broader spectrum of the defenders we've got, we've not with the style that Darren Moore wants to play from playing it out from the back. It seems like we've signed loads of central defenders who are those like no nonsense, just if in doubt <laughs> get it out kind of defenders, rather than. The, the solid ball playing defenders, and I think Ben Hennigan's one of those you know, no nonsense, just get anything in the way, Huff it out. there we go. job done sorted. And I'm glad we've got that because we did need a commanding presence to replace Sam Hutchinson, um, which I do think he's doing very well, and so is Michael Wickway but that's another signing anyway, sorry. but um, I do I'm very impressed with the with the signing. I do think it's more of a we might sell him when we go up which I think a few of the players are in that class of player. Um, I do think we might sell him to another, you know, promotion-chasing League One side, potentially. Um, But I'm very welcome to being, you know, proven wrong that he can very much hack it at championship level as well. Um, But I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm, he de- I'm impressed. He definitely has
0: fun. come in with um that no nonsense attitude. He, oh, yeah. Some of the last <laughs> dish tackles, uh, tash calls. Ta- Tashals. Tassels. Tassel- He's got some tassels tassel- on, boys. Right. Oh, um, yes. oh. Some of the latch <laughs> lach- last ditch tackles he makes are fantastic. But obviously, then you question the defense of why is he in a position to make those last ditch ta- that's-, that's so hard that's to t- say fast. La- last and ditch tackles. tackles. Those sort of tackles. Why is he? In it? Why is he happen to be in those sort of situations? We do play out from the back. He doesn't seem to fit that sort of style. Th- these are all valid counterpoints of that, and it's interesting that you would say maybe maybe sell him on. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure on that one because I do think the championship. If you can really, really bed down, you do need that sort of vocal, no nonsense mm. centre back, and he's got a few more years on some of the centre backs in that position we've currently got. But maybe you would want someone with a little bit more higher-end experience there. But what do, what do you think on that one, Jake?
2: The thing when we signed him, the one thing that got me was, wasn't actually when we spoke to Ben Hennigan, when we spoke to Darren Moore. Darren Moore said, I'll have my eye on him for a while. Now, a lot of the players we got in, Darren Moore has said he's seen him for a while, he wanted him at other clubs. So we already know that Darren knows what he can do and what he's capable of. When he came in, it was like, I think we had two centre-backs, that was eight. And it's like, yeah, we definitely need more for that position. You've got it. eat no nonsense, which is great. And his playing out from the back is about as Gary as uh, David Stockdale passing uh, from the back as well. We'll get onto that later. But I think with him, you c- you've got a player who can train to be that style of player, though, with him being 28. He came in on his interview and said, I want to learn to get better. I want to improve myself. So I think you've got a player who's willing to learn, bed down, try and crack learning craft and add another string to it, but I think it'll help. And the other thing is he got a goal in him, which is something we've not had in a long time in centre-backs, where they were a goal-going centre-back. I think the last one that used to go a lot was Reeder Johnson.
0: Yeah, and I think Dunkley going. had that potential. I think yes. he was probably the one there, but he obviously wasn't
2: available enough for for us. But yeah, carry on. But I think... There's, some, there's something about that back line when you've got Ben Hennigan. If you can put him either next to Iortha or Whitway. He calms it down. There's a calming present to him. I think that's something we've lacked for a long time. And it just shows how smart we are at signing players now. It's not just throwing money because they're available. It's like we actually do our proper research and what they're like. Because there was a period where we would just get any old like, freebie and go, right, we'll get him because he's a free. We actually think about it now. Does that make sense?
0: It does. And speaking of getting any old freebie, we move on to this second signing to, to have a look at it in de- deeper, deeper detail. And this uh, is from the Wednesday website. On the 15th of June, Owls agree, Stockdale deal. David Stockdale will, will sign for the Owls on the 1st of July when his contract with Wickham Wanderers expires. The 36-year-old goalkeeper will return to his native Yorkshire, bringing a wealth of experience between the sticks. And oh boy, they aren't joking <laughs> when they say, well, so he's obviously 36, born in 1985, um, spent his youth career at Huddersfield Town and then York City, then got into the York City side. He actually went on loan to Wakefield, Emily and Works town in 2006. That's how long he's been in the game. And then he's played at Darlington. Fulham, he was at Fulham for quite a few years where he was obviously playing that. Two thousand and eight, two thousand and fourteen with a lot of loans at Fulham, so that was his obviously his, his youth goalkeeper career as you see it in many situations. He went on loan in that time with Rotherham, Leicester, Plymouth, Ipswich, Hull. Two thousand and fourteen to seventeen, probably where he became a you know, a sort of a standout keeper was Brighton and Hove Albion, where he made 133 appearances for for that side there, and then he went to Birmingham City for three years. But at Birmingham City, he kind of went out on loan quite a bit. He had 36 appearances there, but that was 2017 to 2020, and then he went to Southend, Wickham, Coventry, and then Wickham again before signing for Wickham. So it was like, oh, is he he getting down to that level of League One there? But then he goes on to Wickham, and he becomes everything that they need to play. You know, that player that can slow games down, sit on a ball, make it very much... Frustrating for teams. Tie
2: your shoelace.
0: You are Sorry. Tie your shoelace, shoelace. Yeah. <laughs> Become, Team um, management, shall we call it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jake. Jake, what were your thoughts initially signing David? When Stockdale? we first
2: signed him, I was shocked because I didn't see this one coming. This one, I this was completely left field. It was something I hadn't thought about in goalkeeper. I, I was hundred percent sure he signed sign another contract at Wickham, and that'd be it because he, he's been part of the furniture there. He's done well. He knows that there's a style that we can play. We all know what style we can play and he suits it to a T. He wound us up last year when he did it, when he played for him. Now he's doing it for us. Yes, at the same time, I'm not happy that he's doing it now, but I understand why he is doing it. It's one of those things. I, I, I don't like it when it happens to us. So, you can't really complain when you're doing someone else kind of thing. But I think he does give us that experience. It's very good at being keeping. either someone who communicates well. And so far from what we've seen from the uh, training ground videos and stuff, he's quite a comedian. He's struck quite a good little like defensive partnership communication with like Liam Palmer and co. They all get on really well. He seems like he's the, he's the prankster out of all of them that'll wind everyone. He's like the one that might turn around and go into a dressing room when it's not going right, going, right, cheer up, we can do this, but also be, have a little joke in there at the same time. But I think he offers a lot of things. The only downside I've got, I don't think he's playing from the back. I, he he passes, it looks kind of lazy. But it's not, he's just got away way he passes that looks kind of non, I don't know how to describe it, but it doesn't look like he's paying too much attention. It's just the kind of style of passing. Yeah, where... it's,
0: it's not the most confident sort of passing. No. It's, it'll be interesting to see how many times this episode we talk about, I'm not sure that player can play out from the back. <laughs> but if we, uh, if we take that into how you feel about the player now, Jack. Mm-hmm how how would you how would you rate stockdale stockdale now now you've seen him a little bit
1: i'd say he's probably i'd say he's the the sort of presence in the changing room that we need and definitely like i'm sorry but there's i forget there, there was a game where he just kept us from being absolutely you know front page newsworthy with a massive scoreline against a little it was a couple of weeks ago were were about Duns? to call a club little, be really careful there.
2: Was it MK Guns?
1: <laughs> it could have been. Was, was it, it there, was there, was back was back there was a match up. where we won 1-0 and he would literally yeah. just we s- we, save it? We, was it Bolton? We lost by a very small no. margin, but we probably would have lost by quite a considerable margin had Stockdale not been in the net. I don't um, think it was the one think, where we
0: lost, though. I think I, I remember the match you're talking about, and there was one where we won, but we were like. Hmm. We kept we actually Stockdale had to be called into action so many times. Yeah, I'm getting the games yeah. blurred into my and he head was now. just
1: It he was putting on... It reminded me a lot of Kieran Westwood in his prime with how many... And I was surprised because, bless him, I I think we can all agree he's not, he doesn't look the most athletic <laughs> at times. But he, the the saves that he was pulling off were just absolutely magnificent, like diving right up to the uh, corner and then a sudden quick little on the floor just to his right and things. And, and he he's I think he's he's definitely the sort of keeper we need. I feel like Bailey last year at times didn't seem very self-assured, whereas Stockdale's quite the opposite. He's very self-assured and he he's very trustworthy in the nets, I feel. Um and I think that's probably what Darren Moore wanted for us to go up. Um, I
0: think I think it was speaking about those fixtures, it was either for Charlton
1: or MK. Because both of those were one oh, nil where they were. I think it was yeah. Charlton. And look, I've already got some flack from Charlton fans, so I don't mind admitting that I was calling them little because, you know, they're a borer of London man. anyway. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, no, interesting that because it's it's weird to be saying, oh, I'm not too sure because on his day he could be fantastic to uh, the Golden Glove winner of the league. Mm. You know, that is what's odd about this. He won the Golden Glove.
2: He had a very good defence in front of him though at Wickham.
0: Yeah, and we supposedly do as well, but we keep playing out from the back. And I think that is the crux of the issue we might be finding in this uh, podcast so far. Mm. Okay, the next signing, this is from the 21st of June on the Wembley website. Quote, Will Volks will sign for the Owls on the 1st of July when his contract at Cardiff City expires. Volks becomes our third summer signing of the summer transfer window. The experienced midfielder has kicked off his career with Tranmere Rovers in 2012, before becoming a mainstay for Falkirk north of the border, passing a century of appearances. Blah 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 blah. Back on the dom, uh, they didn't actually put that. Back on the domestic stage, Völks headed to the Bluebirds for a record Rotherham transfer fee in 2019 and went on to make 105 ex- appearances across three Championship seasons. Tough in the tackle with a keen eye for goal. The Wirral product boasts an impressive overall stats of 338 career appearances and 37 strikes. Now, I'll be interested to see what you boys think about this because a 28-year-old, lots of experience. As said there, Rotherham experience, Cardiff experience, over 100 appearances for both of those clubs with 13 and 11 goals um, in relation to them. Comes into a Wednesday side... You think, oh my God, look at this quality we're bringing into midfield here. There's questions over whether that's actually kicked off running. Jake, expand.
2: I have a funny feeling we with this is there are a lot of midfielders ahead of him at the minute at the club. We have got some very good midfielders which we haven't had for a while. So it's hard for him getting in. And the problem is, I think he's only really getting game time in like cup games or coming off the bench. And I think he's a player you have got to start from from the get-go. But it's also, with our formation, where do you play him? Where do you actually put him? Because you've got to either drop someone, you're not going to drop Barry Bannon for him, kind of thing. Because that's where you would put him, because he does do that kind of quarterback role of pinging passes. When we first signed, I thought, this is smart. This is a very good signing. But then you see what we've brought in. I can't. T- At first thought, I was like, right, he's going to be a mainstay. Your midfield is going to be Bannon, folks. That's going to be your middle two. But then you've got people like Fizz and Adenoan who have just really kicked on this year. I'm, I'm hoping it's not, but I'm really hoping he turns into a little bit like Bayo was last season, where it didn't start well, got to January where we needed him and it kicks on. I think that will be ideal for just with his experience that he's got. That yeah. would be the ideal situation.
0: Speaking of Adoniran, he's obviously having surgery. Forgot to mention that at the top of the podcast. So mm. we might see a little bit more of um, Volks in that position and um, maybe having to come in and be part of part of the squad a little bit more there, which could be a, a benefit for
1: him there really. But what have your thoughts been so far on Volks, Jack? Um, you see, I have a lot to say about this because I've seen what Twitter was like saying, oh, is he's, he's, he's terrible. What, what We've signed him. It's pointless. Blah, blah, blah. See, you have to look at what happened about who he was off the pitch at Cardiff when we have just signed him up here. He was, he was out of football completely. He'd fallen out of love with it. He didn't want to play anymore. And I'm pretty sure that if, if Darren Moore had not have got in his ear and brought him over to Wednesday, I'm pretty sure he would have retired because he was benched so many times at Cardiff and he was losing his love for the game. He thought was thinking there's articles. You can see, you can find the articles of interviews where he said these sort of things. And when you've got, when you're not quite with it still up here, then your performances get vastly affected. And I think it's a case of him getting his self-confidence and self-belief back up again to then be able to show us what he, what he's capable of and what he can do and what he's already shown in the past. Because when you've gone from a year or two of just not believing in yourself anymore, not believing in the game you're playing, not believing in what you're doing with your life, with playing football, et cetera, then you're not going to be performing very well on the pitch. And I think Darren Moore definitely needs, and he's very good at this and he needs to get his arm around Will Volks. And that's exactly what he's been doing. And if you actually look at his performances game by game, they have been improving over time. And I do still think that he is the very good replacement for Massimo Luongo. And um, I'm still very glad we've signed him because quite frankly, he should have been going to a championship club. Is there a counter argument
0: to what you said, though, about him um, not being at his, his best because not having the confidence when some players take the fact that they've not done so well as motivation to, that they've got something to prove? Or do you just not
1: judge that situation as I being I also one think of that's an age thing, because I think the ones who are young and haven't got the confidence and then they'll feel like they have something to prove because they've got this whole career ahead of them. But I believe Wolves is 28, right? yeah um yes he's he's towards the closing end of his career because normally you see players retire at like 35 or so he's towards the close he's like entering the 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 final third of his career let's say and when you've had two thirds of your career behind you it's very easy to then sort of say oh well i've done it for this long i'll i'll pack it in now because i don't believe in myself football and wise anymore and i think because he's got more years behind him than he has in front of him that's why he's then saying, "Oh, what? My confidence is gone. What's the point anymore?" So that's why I think that's that's my kind of like counter argument to the counter argument, I guess. No, um, I was playing
0: devil's advocate because yeah. I'm sort oh, of yeah, on the same. I'm on the same page of you there because um, I do think it, it is more of that cause, especially because he's dropped down a league, so it's exactly. not like yeah. he, he he won't feel as much of he's got something to prove here but it's just a case of it's nice that we do have the competition for him and I think that will be a big thing Mm -hmm. going forward but I I do feel like the player there we've just we've just not unlocked him yet we'll Mm. we with Wednesday some players just don't work out at Sheffield Wednesday case in point Jordan Rhodes but at least this guy was free
1: and I think I think as well a lot of fans aren't really thinking long term with anything they they think we just need instant success right now but that's the whole world we live in right now anyway um and this one is literally. Do you remember when we first signed Massimo Luongo? Everyone was saying the same sort of thing. Oh, mm. he's not performing great, and ugh. but then he got his confidence up more, and suddenly he was, he was like Messi. Everybody was talking about him like Messi, and then of course he got injured, and we got relegated, and blah blah blah. But then in League One again, he was like the Messiah. He was, he was, he could do no wrong because he'd had that confidence instilled into him by Darren Moore, and um and it's i think it's the same longer term type of thing that will happen with Will Volks we'll see over, like in after christmas we'll be laughing because all of these doubters and then he'll be playing out of his skin and i'm making i'm making predictions right now that might bite me in the backside but you know who who knows but with with will volks i think it's definitely a, a longer term thing even though like i've just said he's got more of his career behind him than in front of him he will come good he just needs like it takes It takes a lot longer to recover up here with your self-confidence than it does with any physical injury that you get because you've got to change how you think about things. And that takes a a heck of a lot of more practice and work than it does to get back after a knee injury or something, you know? It's I so. think when we're I talking think, about
0: holding yeah. out, I, I, when we're talking about holding out games, bringing Volks off the bench as well. I think that's mm. been a little bit underestimated. Mm. The fact that the because yeah. Jake you mentioned about fitting him into this team, yeah, you bring him on as a defensive midfielder that's going to pick apart the game a little bit more with that because he's got the experience in the midfield yeah, that does. only a couple of our players have got. So him being able to come on when we need to settle a game down, that's that especially with the five substitutes, it's a massive plus for us, really. But you were gonna, were you gonna expand a little bit further there, Jake?
2: Yeah, I was also gonna say when you look at also with Adeniran being injured and Fizz not being able to get a good run of game time due to injury, he'll be that good kind of experienced player that Darren can just go right. We need to put you in here because he's not quite there. I don't know what the issue is with with Fizz and Adeniran still getting injuries. It's just one of those things, but it could be that they're not their body not getting you to the run of games yet I know I think 122 and 121 Does that sound right
0: yeah I think you're done around 23 I think done around the same it, age it, as me it, that, to make you guys feel that run of games <laughs> I always forget you're 23 genuinely yeah I look it. I know I look about 30 yeah. but you know it's... I, I haven't made the rough paper round comment yet that's the <laughs> 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 Carry on. That's, but, uh, that I'm not being mean by the way. That was a <laughs> that was an in-heart joke oldest uh, time. Carry on.
2: <laughs> but I think having that situation where you've got a midfield pair who don't seem to be able to be as fit as you'd like them to be, having someone like Will Vokes who can come in and just step up and do well. And I think you've got the, you've also got the other thing. There's a lot of good relationships with Will Votes. You've got the relationship with Patterson. We'll talk about it later with McGuinness. There's people who already know him and stuff. And he's also got the big charity work that he's done around here with Blue Bell. So I think that was a big part of coming back as well. Because I think he he's one of those people He just seems like a good community bloke.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll leave, uh, we'll leave I think he's more of a question mark really, isn't he? We'll see yeah. how he gets on. Somebody's kind of a question mark because of injury, but this was a monumental day when this happened in terms of banter <laughs> Twitter in the football sphere. This is from the Wednesday website. Back in the day. Back in the day. About Back a month in the day. Ago. Quote Coveted hitman Michael Smith will join the Hours on the 1st of July upon the expiry of his contract with Rotherham United. The prolific marksman significantly bolstered Darren Moore's options in the final third and brings with him. The tag of a proven goal scorer. Smith played a key role last time out for the Millers who scored, who secured automatic promotion to the championship whilst left in the Papa John's Trophy at Wembley. The towering forward scored 18 goals from 45 League One appearances and 25 overall, leading the line in superb style. Obviously, a wet way signed on the same day as Michael Smith, but we are going to focus on the, the players individually. He is a 30-year-old striker. So, we've got a couple of strikers over 30 now, but it, it, the fact is, we've got a couple of strikers. He's quite tall, six foot three for a striker. So, you know, you, you look at, we've got a little bit more of a dynamic in our game there with having a taller striker. He plays very different to quite a lot of our strikers. His play style is, you would say, you would say is, is different from a Gregory because a lot of people would assume Gregory's a target man, but Gregory isn't a target man. Um, you've got, obviously, Wilkes. Do you disagree with the Gregory not being a target man thing there, Jake?
2: He can do it,
0: but... He can, but he can play with his back to the game, but I yeah, wouldn't specifically yeah. call him a target man.
2: But I I also think Michael Smith has also got this kind of talent to do a bit of the Gregory kind of with ball to feet, hold it up, link up play.
0: Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. By the way, I'm not saying that Michael Smith is a target man. And he's, I wouldn't say Darren Moore's also no. deployed him as a target man. Um I'm just saying that's a common misconception that happens with Gregory all the time. Yeah, and I've probably made it at some point as well. But the yeah, so he's also a different. Uh, he's got a different play style to Wilkes, who was a signing we made later on. But if you look at his experience, a lot of people can say while well, he's had like a couple of good seasons, that was the big thing that get got thrown at him because before, well, before last season, his best goal scoring return was 18 back in 20. 20- 14, 15 for Swindon, and then previously, before that, and then after that, it was the 2019-20 season in League One with Rotherham. But the fact he has come back off the 25 after a 25 goal scoring season is enough to excite Wednesday fans. And he has scored from us, be it from a penalty. Um, Jack, we'll start with you on Michael Smith.
1: I'm, I'm in a sort of place where I'm thinking very much down the middle and on the, fe- I know everybody hates people being on the fence about things, but I'm very much on the fence about it because I do understand the whole, Oh, we had a couple of good seasons, blah, 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 blah. And there is also the fact that he sure it might've been for financial reasons to support his family, whatever, to make the move to Sheffield Wednesday versus what Rotherham could offer him. But at the same time, he's chosen to stay in league one when he's just got promoted to the championship with a team, and I feel like is there a bit of a skill-based decision on that? I don't know, but I also don't feel like I've seen enough of him in a Wednesday shirt because of the injury situation and, and that sort of thing to make a proper judgment of him yet. I guess yeah.
0: In regards to that though, like I think it's very, there's a very specific sort of um, view you could have on mm. what's the decision that made him there. If you look at the teams and you look at the Rotherham are getting a bit dismantled in general, mm-hmm. would you want to play with a, t- a team that's got a bit more stability and a chance of promotion again or a team that there's question marks about whether they can keep hold of their best players in a relegation scrap, you know? Mm. And no matter how the season ends up working out for Rotherham, at the, at the time of this sa- signing, that's what it was looking like. Yeah. Paul Warren was struggling to keep his players and Wednesday yeah. were on the up. So it's, it's, a, it is a, it, you look at it from a player's perspective there more money bigger contract uh, longer contract with options there that's where I, that's where i'd see that one but jake like do you think michael smith will have put uh, live out the potential we saw of him when he first signed here
2: i hope he can but that Rotherham team did set up in a certain way and i think that's something where we got to try and play to that strength. It's similar with the Jordan Rowe. We never got balls into the box enough to, to really latch onto. If you're gonna play with the players we got, even if it's wing backs or wingers, you get balls into that box. He'll get his head on it most of the time. The thing is, I spoke to some Robin fans. They said he'll have about four or five chances, but he'll score one of them eventually in a game. And that's something we've missed. I think up until last season, Lee Gregory getting 17, we would have snapped our hands off at a striker coming in with 25 goals in one season. And it's something we've missed. I think the only thing that you kind of look at is when, what partnership are you going to play up top with him? Because you could use him in away games with one up top, but you've got to have someone behind him to link up with because that, or oh, it's not going to work. It's pointless. I think. You get the right formation for him, it'll work. And the interesting thing is, Paul Warren even turned around and said, I don't have a go at either one of the players going. Look, they're at the tail end of their careers. If I am an player, you get that contract, you get that money, you go, you know what, I'll take that. And it's a three-year deal. So we could have a situation where you do well, and maybe we turn around and say, look, we're at the championship now. We've got a bit more money. We might be able to let you go to another League One club or line and get some money, but I don't think that'll happen. But also, he's right to turn year.
0: around and go. No, I'm just going to sit on my yeah. contract. Thanks. Which is yeah. the, which is the thing you give when you give a player a three year contract if he's surplus to requirements requirements with you. We won't worry too much about that if we're in the championship and we've got we've no. moved on to different prospects. But yeah,
2: Well I I think it was a th- when you look at it, what our squad was like when we signed him, it made sense.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I think he'll um... Gregory. The, the thing was with Gregory, we probably didn't need a Michael Smith if we could have relied on a fully fit Gregory. And then we brought a Michael Smith in who's not been fully fit, but he with is. He
2: is. <laughs> I think that's called the Wendy Way, Dex. Yes, it, is. it, it is. is. It's it's getting
0: it's getting back to the, to that though. Um, and I, you can't not just be happy with taking someone's top goal scorer. No. you know, especially, especially when the they got promoted. As, yeah. Especially when this lad joined him and there was an absolute meltdown. So this was from on the same day and from the Wednesday website, quote, The Owls have secured the transfer of highly rated centre-back Michael Awekwe. Awekwe was a mainstay at the heart of the defence as the Millers secured automatic promotion from League One last season. The 29-year-old began his career with the Liverpool Academy before moving to the Midlands to join Wolverhampton Wanderers. The Owekwe switched to Rotherham the same in a, a summer because I'm paraphrasing the article. Incorporating another successful loan with Accrington Stanley became a big hit at the New York Stadium, posting 184 appearances overall and chipping in with 14 goals. So Michael Owekwe is a 29-year-old centre-back who has had. Quite a few appearances, 112 with Tranmere from 2014 to 2017, scoring five goals. Rotherham he was with for oh, quite a while there, 2017 to 2022, 163 appearances in total with 10 goals. And then he obviously had a loan with Accrington Stanley before joining Wednesday. Now this was the signing I was excited with. He started a little bit slow for me, but he, he in my opinion, he looks solid. But I will not. Spout my opinion straight away. I will hand it over to Jake. Jake, Michael Owekwe. He
2: looks very solid. You are right. The thing is, he's, again, it's another experienced defender we needed. We needed someone to be at the back who can calm things down. The thing is, he likes to go a little bit forward as well. He likes to like move a bit further forward with the ball. But if you've got an eye offer, you can interchange that a little bit. You know what I mean? Where you can have one that go forward once and then one day back. The nice thing, again, is another goal going centre-back. The one thing we've lacked for so long is a goal-going centre-back. And the other thing we've lacked is people who can take corners like and beat the first man. We seem to be able to do that now. And you seem to see the centre-back coming up, trying to te- 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 head on it. And the thing is, what... You've got it. He, will, he can get back at speed as well. So you've got a Ben Hennigan and a Michael Wickway in team. They will get back. But if one of them, or say both of them's up to the corner, you can always rely on Liam Palmer to come down and get in that defensive position just in case. Because he's done that already. I think Michael Wickway made sense. When you look at that team, before that, you had Ben Hennigan and I, often, I think you had technically Palmer. And that was it really, your centre-backs. Having these center back come in and get positions that we know we needed was vital. But the nice thing was when you saw what we were bringing in, we were starting to build things in different places. So we knew we needed a keeper, we knew we needed a striker, and we knew we needed two centre-backs. We got that straight away. And at that point, it was like looking like going, well, this is looking like a good window and we're not even close to the window shutting.
0: Yeah. Jack, anything to add on that
1: one? I as well as obviously all the things Jake's just said, I think that he, uh, his leadership qualities are something that we really needed as well. Because just prime example, recently he came out and said, look, don't blame the manager for this. We didn't turn up. This is, this is on us, not the manager. And he's, he's the one that stepped up to go to the cameras and say, look, the, we deserve the flack and took the responsibility of that loss at, to Barnsley. He, he stepped up to the plate, and I feel like he's going to be a big or he probably already is a big presence in the dressing room, especially to the younger players who he can then keep you know keep spirits up and show them what it's like to be a leader, because wasn't he was he Rotherham's captain?:
2: No, Richard Wood was Richard Wood um, was yeah yeah.
1: Um, but I again, I think his uh, it feels almost like Darren Moore's brought in a lot of leaders. In the it like Ben Hennigan, I would see is another one, David stockdale is one and i and I think that's something he spoke about us needing for quite a long time is that we didn't really have any leaders they were all just team players or whatever, and I think his leadership quality in the dressing room is a very good asset to have now, but he's also a very solid def- i'm I'm very pleased with his signing particularly um this summer because he's definitely a very very solid signing and I'm I'm very impressed with what I've seen so far from him as well. He uh, he's definitely stepping up.
0: The one thing I've Gosh. picked
1: out from him is he
0: reads the game quite well. Mm. Like as um, as a, as a centre back, I've watched centre backs for Wednesday and I'm not going to name any names. Just ball watch and just not read the concept of the game of when there's build up play happening. A quick. <laughs> This is a weird one because the way he reads the game. I, we're not a very good passing out from the back side in general, but he he is one that does seem to and it's not always been perfect, but he is he is one that seems to be able to read the game and think, okay, so I've just had that fired at me. Do I need to pass back to the keeper now or should I, you know, do, where should I be passing this along the back line and he re, and he reads the attack really well. And I just think he's that he is that center back you need in your side, that one that as I said, I think he started slow. I think he looked like he, he, he took a couple of matches to find his feet, as you do. But once, he, once after that, you didn't really notice too much, really. It didn't seem to be like nothing was too much of an effort for him in this league. And you, and you need that sort of player to slot in and, and, and be solid for you. And I think Awekwe is going to be that. I think he is the, one of the centre-backs you have to put on the team sheet at the minute.
2: He's very vocal as well. He's yeah. very vocal at the back. And that's something we've missed. And I think you look at Hennigan and I think I also starting to get a little bit more vocal now. I think he confidence back to be able to turn around and say, get that away. But the nice thing is you noticed when we play that the back line have the kind of really good relationship already where they're celebrating goal clearances or David Stockdale will go puff one of them. That's what you do. It's nice to see it last. Like the last person I can remember who was doing that a lot was uh, Borna. And that's
1: yeah. been a while. Yeah. And like, like you were saying Such a ball wire. watching, it's, uh, it's so nice that we've got, say, Iwekwe, who's actually reading the game and not defenders that we've had in the past who were going straight out the school of Roger Johnson and backing up oh, and God. backing up and backing up that much right, that's that they were at the, the uh, tram stop at the top, you know, at the top of Hillsborough <laughs> yeah. Park. They were yeah. back, they're actually reading the game, not ball watching, reading... Yes, I need to make a tackle here and actually making the tackle, not just, oh, I'll, I'll back up and make sh- and someone else will come in and do the work. You know, it, it, they're actually understanding it's their, you know, what their jobs are and that their job is, I need to get this ball from the opposition player and not just back up and watch it go into the net.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like and that, is the, the that is the one thing you've got to be careful with with zonal because mm, you can yeah. easily switch off and be like, it's someone else's job, but you've got to mark your exactly. area. And then if, if you're, you're a bit of crap in your area, don't just rely that somebody else is going to pick up their area. You need to you need to be able to read that and adjust effectively. When you're talking about ball washing, I just think of Liverpool's defence at the minute because that is exactly a perfect example yeah, of just is, backing up, backing up, backing up. That was the Wednesday way of defending, wasn't it, for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I was, was going to make a terrible I, joke yeah. about Burner because we got... Um, I was going to interrupt basically just to say that... Jake called him Borner. and I remember that used to really annoy the comment section. Oh, yeah, we all used it, to yeah. call him Borner. and I was like, "That's a nice little flashback of the uh, of all of that." But yeah, that was a I good was day when that. we turned
1: them to. I was thinking of Tom Lee's against West Bromwich Albion when he was just backing up all the way mm. into
0: the top of Hillsborough Park.
1: <laughs> that was sorry, anyway. yes. we we're, were
0: two 0 up, 83 minutes. Yep, yep, and he just oh. But Josh, anyway. Josh uh, should come back, shouldn't he? Um, mm. Lua, Lua Kai, times. Well, that was a good day when we signed both for them. And yeah, it, was. Um, it was talking about defense. We had we had, we actually made a a defensive signing that had potential and still has potential. Obviously, looks looked amazing on the debut, but we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. So, this was from the Wednesday website funnily enough when we uh, announced it. when was this one this
1: was the 6th of July so we're into July quote the Wednesday Sheffield have completed Wednesday the go on the Sheffield Wednesday website announcing players signing for Sheffield Wednesday who would have thought I know oh. I know right what times are we live Buc- in Buc-ies. times
0: we live in Wednesday have completed the signing of Akin Famiel from Norwich City for an undisclosed fee the 23 year old becomes Darren Moore's sixth signing of the summer transfer window the versatile defender is a centre-half by trade and can also s- slot across adeptly into the left-back berth. I'm not going to read the rest of the article. Basically, I'm just going to tell you that he's 23, as I've mentioned. He started with Luton. And then for Norwich, he was basically, not really a Norwich player. He had loan spells to St. Miriam and Charlton. Charlton's where he started to make his, his career happen. And then he's come to Wednesday to kick on his career. This was uh, our first fee for a player yep. in a very long time. The rumoured fee was about 50k, which... 54. 50 f- All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> 50, 50, you want to be specific? I said around 50k. Okay. I mean, 4k is a lot of money to a man like myself, but in football terms, yeah. this wasn't a very big fee, was it? But it, it meant that Sheffield Wednesday were spending money on signing players again. Jack Akinfamiao. Yes. And I'm saying it wrong. Akinfamiao.
1: But... Oh, no. I don't know. No. I, I mean, nobody's come out and said how he properly pronounced it and, and schooled everybody on what the correct. Uh, Andy has in the is. comments, but I'm pretending to not read Even that. officially paid commentators were calling Adti Nuiu Adti nahui for the longest <laughs> time. It's yeah. true. For, like so long. But yeah, I. I was over the moon with this signing because it shows long term thinking and he's definitely the ball playing defender type that would be amazing in you know a situation of playing it out from the back and I do think that he's got a very bright future ahead of ahead ahead of him with us. Um and I do see a lot of you know quite high potential in him. But unfortunately he's got that very, very painful injury that I've had before. I've had that injury that he's got before where like the muscle detaches from the joint and it's it's horrible. It's one of the oh, it just you can't. How even did you manage correctly. that? If you can playing say it on cricket. the podcast, playing, I, cricket. I, I, playing cricket was a I, I bowled and I just t- I felt like a no, it wasn't oh. a gunshot. It wasn't it wasn't oh. the ACL gunshot feeling, but it was like a distinct, like you know, you know, if you click your fingers or something. Yeah, I felt that on my thigh and. I then went to have it scanned, and half of my like quad, the quadricep muscle, <laughs> um, had detached from my knee. So I was just walking around with this inflamed knee ligament and half a detached Holy. muscle for about five months, six months. That's, that's grim. It was it was horrible. It was horrid, and I think that's what's happened to him, isn't it? Mm. Uh, would did you Would you
0: say you're back to uh, Full strength, that's an interesting one. Is it one that you can like just like kick all oh, the yeah. way back? Or do you, do you still feel like little bits uh, from it? I, know, I mean,
1: it... my knees click when I walk up the stairs, but it's literally like clicking your knuckles. It's not like a bone grinding on bone, horrible pain, all that kind of stuff. Is it's that because you don't have enough potassium? It's just snap, crackle and pop. Oh, have, I more this, have more potassium. Have more potassium. I eat plenty of bananas, you know. I'm not going to eat one for you YouTube viewers because that would be rather... The memes, oh, the memes on Discord. <laughs> oh no! And I've seen what Jake can do with memes. By the way, no, I,
0: I thought you said you were going to say I've seen what Jake can do oh, with no. bananas.
1: No, no, no. Where are you taking this, James? Where are you taking it? The- I've seen the the meme of the couch. You've seen it if you're on the Discord. Speaking of which, join the Discord if you haven't already. It's a wonderful place. But um, the the meme of me sat on the couch. That was that was the creation by Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So but uh, yes, potassium. Akin, if you're listening, eat a load of bananas. Get you get get some potassium in you. You'll be you'll be right as rain. Uh and do what the physios I, tell you to I do. I just as
0: well. yeah, I am really gutted about
1: um hmm. this cuz he's got so much potential, you know. You know, but yeah. But he's got the right people with him in the team to keep him motivated to be to come back like stronger than he was before, you know. He's he's Yeah. He's at True. the moldable age mentally where you can either go in the, oh, I'm injured, woe is me, I'll never get back there, blah, blah, blah. Or you can go, right, okay, I'm going to be even better than you thought I could even be in the first place, you know? So he's at that age of the crossroads when he gets an injury like that, I suppose. I
2: actually go back to what you said because apparently it been said that it was Michael O'Witway within the dressing room was like, Not consoling, but saying, we can get this, you can get this back Mm. all around you. And that go back to that leadership thing you were saying, where this was gutting because he was having such a good game as well. And it was the one where you couldn't turn around and do the usual thing. It's all, (laughs) it's all to do with the, um, it's all to do with, it was a contact injury, which Darren Moore has said in the past, contact injury, if we can't do anything about, but training ground one we can. And I think a lot of people were getting annoyed at this when it happens, like, oh, look, another injury. But 23, we, were, we go back to lowering in the age of the squad like Darren Moore said this week. He's lowered the age of the squad and this is a player, definitely one for the future, who we can see, we were hoping to see a little bit more of in this season. Might see him around January, February time, maybe, depending on what his rehab's like and what his body's like at repairing, because each body's different with how they react to certain um, physiotherapy and stuff like that.
1: Genetics plays a whole big role in how quickly you recover from things like that as well. so.
2: So I'd be very, very interested to see what happened, but it was a smart sign at the time and it showed... Again, I'm not going to mention this now because on nearly every single signing we've had, it's gone in the interview. I spoke to the gaffer and he he, he sold me what we were doing. He's like, oh, the gaffer made me come here. It says a lot about Darren Moore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I just think, I think we it's long-term with this lad. You know, we've got him on a on a permanent. So even if we can't see much of him this season, if his debut is anything to go by, hopefully we've got a lot more to see from him. Hmm. So the defensive signings kept coming. This was actually the day after the 7th of July. Quote, Reese James joins the Owls on loan. The 28-year-old is the Wednesday's 7th summer edition. Predominantly a left-back, James is equally comfortable on the left of midfield and began his career as a youth player with Manchester United, making a first-team appearance for the Red Devils in the League Cup in August 2014. So obviously this is a loan. He's 28 years old. We've seen to go for a lot of 28-year-old players. He's come from Blackpool. He, he seems to have have some ability to him. Obviously, the it, it was a position we needed to really get somebody who was a natural left back in there. Not mm. not the best debut, but I'm sure we'll discuss that in a second. I think I think with the club making loans like this, it's it's interesting to see where the club was at. We we were really we really saw a gap in that defense and needed players that were versatile. And Reese James coming in a day after Famiao showed what we were all about, really. And we'll start with Jake on this one. What do you think on Reese James? Our Reese James, not Chelsea's, obviously.
2: This was smart because Darren's already worked with him before at Donny. So having someone that's already worked with Darren and know what he plays style like and what his systems are is really smart. Especially in defense where we're trying to learn something new. Now, up until... His sending off at Peterborough, we look dominant and we look good in that kind of way of doing. That tackle, a red, yep, goes off. Fair enough. Come back recently in the Bradford game, and I don't think it was the right game for him, but he needed a minute. But I think having a player that Darren's already worked with is smart because I just you know a player know what to do and what that manager asking for. You're not having to get something to learn someone's new system or this is how I want you to go. It would have been a no-brainer. 28, he's got lots of leave-one experience as well. And I think it's smart. I think it's a smart thing. And it shows you how fast we were to go, look, this is a long-term injury to Akin. Who, do, who can we go for? And he's gone, well, I know he'll do a job. Yeah. Jack? I
1: yeah, I'd say it was more of like a oh uh oh dear, we're a bit short in that department. Um, we need to get someone in quick because we can't keep making poor old Liam Palmer cover the left wing back position. Because then there's if Jack Hunt gets injured or something, then we've got no cover there either, other than Dom. But then Dom at the same time had come off a long term injury as well, so it, there was that up in the air. And I think it's quite quite like Jake said, it's quite a smart decision. Um, to get him on loan I don't see him being someone that we sign for multiple years should we go up or whatever I just think it's like because I think I I see him as a player that's maybe good for League One but I think that's possibly his level now because I think before a few years ago he had a lot of potential but I don't think he ever worked up to that potential I guess Um, so I think it's more of like a this season patch job kind of signing i guess but a smart one not like a oh crap who can we get in who's who's available oh no there's we've got to rush to get someone in quick sharp like we have done in the past with business um under a certain manager that that uh andy doesn't like um <laughs> <laughs> but i i smart decision i would say good good smart bit of business i think
0: yeah it's how you should use the loan market you know yeah, yeah no and that's that's the perfect example of it Moving on to our next signing, who could be arguably like? There's a potential for it to be one of the best here. Really, even though it it's not it's not written on. It's, there's been signs of it. This was on the twenty first of July, so we we'd waited oh, no signings for like ten days or whatever it was, um, nearly two weeks, probably a couple of weeks. What we were playing at Sheffield Wait, Wednesday was going mad. <laughs> have completed the permanent signing of Tyreek Backinson from Bristol City for an undisclosed fee. The twenty-three-year-old began his career with Luton Town, making his professional debut for the Hatters in May 2016, before joining the Robins the following year. Backinson has also enjoyed loan spells with New Point County, Newport County, and Plymouth Argyle before spending last season with Ipswich Town in League One. With over hundred career appearances under his belt, the Londoner Ball Star and Moore's options in the engine room ahead of the 2022-23 campaign. 23-year-old with over 100 experiences in midfield. Just six foot yeah. three. And I I must say, just before I hand it over to any of you guys, like the quality we have got in midfield, I didn't even expect him to really come in and get into the first team, but he's come in and been a player that mm-hmm. has, has arguably put himself on that team sheet quite consistently and you
2: thought he would be the player that would have been will vote would have been keeping out and it conned the offer of the direction
0: yeah exactly and there was a lot of things about his attitude and that um maybe uh, jack you can expand a little bit
1: more on that as we as we start talking about Backinson. well i knew that he'd do that because he's one of the players that i habitually <laughs> almost ritualistically sign every single time without fail on football manager when my team is in league one because he's got a massive potential and quite frankly skins most players on that game in in the division and i was over the moon when we signed this man because i was like yes the transfer committee, yes, you're doing a good job because this guy's got a lot of potential and he's very good now. And What are you going to do if they this, ruin his potential in-game now he's signed for Wednesday? Because that happens sometimes. I'd be livid. I'd be, oh, I'd be absolutely livid. I'd be, you imagine? I'd be fuming. He's got like a proper solid Premier League potential and everything. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> going on a tangent <laughs> about Football Manager. But this isn't a sponsored podcast, by the way. I know the new game's coming out soon, but this isn't sponsored by Football Manager. No. Um, but... I'm, I'm it so be. happy with. Give me yeah, money. It, it can Carry be. on, please sponsor the podcast. Anyway, um, I'm so happy that we made the signing because I it just shows again that one one he's sticking to the to his guns of trying to get the average age of the squad down, and two he's looking at longer term than just three years. He's looking at like five years down the line potentially. I know the contract isn't as long as that, but because I don't think I think after a certain situation in the past where we've given someone a a long contract and they've not really lived up to that potential of ability in said long-term contract. I think you know who we're talking about. Um, I don't think they've really wanted to give out contracts longer than three years now um, in in a lot of cases, but I do think that this is more of a five years time. He's going to be even better kind of signing. And I think it's a solid foundation He's one of like the, the solid foundation signings that I think we'll be seeing come to fruition in a long period of time, but also delivering right now. A bit like Fizz. Literally like Fizz. Same sort of situation. He's, deli- he's Look at how much he's delivering. It's, you're talking about his contract. Um, hmm.
0: He's actually in the position being 23 where it's actually ideal for both parties because if oh, he yeah. has two excellent years coming into the last year of his contract and he's quality Wednesday have a real decision to make of do we let his contract expire if he's not going to sign a new deal if he wants passage new and he wants that we cash in then Wednesday get that mm. option or we convince him to stay on further and he becomes it with Wednesday so it's it there is there is so many options there with a the player like that, because if they kick on, it looks like they're not signing a contract. You do move them on. But if he if he has two solid years before that happens, it can be a win win. What do you think about him, Jake?
2: On this one, and I will <laughs> I will go back to what Jack said. Jack was very excited about this one because he wrote voice noted me on Facebook going, oh, this has come true. It's another one of these signings. I was like, OK, calm down. Let's bring it down a little bit. When this happened, I actually went to the Charlton Forums and I went to the Bristol, Bristol City Forums and it was really interesting how Charlton fans were very much like, really good player, I don't get why we've not signed him, why we haven't taken the option. Because they had an option to sign him and they didn't take it. And it questions why didn't he take it and they've gone through like a manager's kind of thing. Apparently they had an option to sign him which they just didn't take. You go to the other side and you get, he's lazy, not very good. But then you get the comments from Nigel Pearson. Now take comment from Nigel Pearson with a pinch of salt. He does have a habit of falling out with players if they don't hit his my way or the highway kind of thing. I think you've got a player there probably who's just ready to get out of somewhere, start somewhere new, and again, a little bit have an arm around the shoulder. What So far what we've seen, he's superb. He's very good on the ball. He's strong he got a good eye for a pass. We already knew he could score because he scored against us at Hilbert in that relegation season, and he scored already, and he looked solid. Uh, the only slight thing is I thought, I can't remember which game it was, he got his feet a little bit middled up near close to goal and nearly lost it, but he did manage to recover and go back to it. This one has shocked me with how much he's keeping a Will Volks out because I thought this would have been like the cover position for that position. But it shows you if you're playing some really good football at the minute and you're knocking on that door down more to I said, it's your shirt to lose.
0: Yeah. And that loyalty to players will will pay off, I think. Mm. I'm excited, Jack, at the same respect of getting him in FIFA, getting him in Football Manager. See
1: how he we oh, We've got yeah. such a
0: team in FIFA. I'm not, I'm not
1: shocked that he's, uh, I'm not shocked that he's scored, uh, that he's capable of a goal because he's scored 16 goals in uh, 38 appearances for me on Football Manager. Is my... Yeah. High-scoring midfielder.
0: And don't um, ever worry about taking those tangents, by the way, because that's okay. what my channel started cool. Us. So Cool. You know.
1: Yes. We only thank started you, doing Tariq. The Real if you're talk listening, Tariq, thank you for coming to the club. Thank you for... <laughs> he did it for you. Fulfilling. Yeah. Just for you.
2: He did just, it just didn't, for me. Just, he didn't want you know. to play for Darren Moore. He just knew, Jack wants nah. me here. He signed me. I'm going to make his life easier next season. So he well, didn't
0: he, have to. He... He kind of got tired of Jack being at his curtains every time he opened (laughs) in the morning. (laughs) Right, uh, moving on to... Do you know what? I'm going to say it now. This is going to be the most understated but potentially the best signing we've made this window from what I've seen of him. And I know that people might find me crazy for that, but this was on the 18th of August. The Owls have signed Mark McGuinness from Championship side, Cardiff City on a season-long loan deal. The central defender links up with Wednesday ahead of this weekend's trip to Bolton Wanderers and is eligible to feature at the university. I don't know why I'm saying that was in the past. I'm just so used to reading these bloody articles when we sign a player. McGuinness joined the Bluebirds ranks from Premier League Giants Arsenal in 2021 after rising through the Gunners ranks. Some more information. He's 21. He's not got a lot of appearances, but I'm just going to say it off the bat, like, you can't tell. He's one of those players that you, yeah. you just... You forget he is there because he's just in the defence, not causing any issues, defending well, getting the ball back to the other players so they can be creative and do something on the pitch. Mark McGuinness just seems like one of those solid, quiet players that you need in every single team.
2: Jake? You're right. You're 100% right. It's that kind of player where you go, oh, it was that go? Oh, Mark just cleared it. McGinnis. He's like, oh yeah, of course he did. Cause that's what his job is. This is the one at the end of the season, if he keeps having the season he's having now, sign him. Just go out and sign him. Let's not have this in where we fall in love with a lone central defender. We've done it a lot. It is the curse of Wednesday. We can have a list of players who have played in that position who have fallen in love. Just go sign him. He's such a good, smart signing. And this is credit to the transfer committee, to... Chancery, to Darren Moore, finding what we needed. And again, I think McGinnis came in as a little bit of cover because we were looking like we were needing a little bit of cover because it was a Hennigan that got the knock when we brought him in.
0: Uh, yeah, I think, them. yeah, we'd, we'd had the Famiyao injury and Hennigan yeah. got a knock. And I just think, you look at it now, it's funny you say that because I if I had to choose two centre-backs, it would be a work way McGinnis. Mm. And McGinnis has yeah. brought in as cover. Carry on. Yeah.
2: And he's... Again, it's that he can play. The big thing with him, he can play out from the back. He knows how to do that role. He's actually very good at it. If you can get someone outside him to do it. And what I noticed when we've had it, when it was him and I offer, he stay back and I offer go forward. And I like that because I offer got the legs to do that and get back. But McGuinness just, he fits so well. And you forget he's only 21. He looked like he'd been playing that position, which he probably had most of his life, but he's a seasoned pro if you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Jack, do you, do you agree? I fully agree. I, But as well, I know he's obviously go, he, he goes under the radar a bit like Kieran Lee always used to um, before he started getting all the plaudits like he fully deserved when he played for us. But um, when you do see him on the ball, he he plays with sort of like charisma and... He, he, he's like a, he's one of those central defenders that you can tell he used to be a midfielder when he was when he was like in mm. at youth level maybe because he's so good on the ball and and actually he doesn't just body block players to then pass it out to say the midfielders he literally skins them goes forward a little bit more with with confidence and then passes starts spraying passes out left left and right a bit like I'd like to, this I'd is, like I'd like to oh, just so quickly
0: carry on. I'm sorry I interrupted you, Miflo, but please don't use the word literally in skinning because that's not what he literally did. No. no. you're, uh, you're no. I can tell you're 23 because you're of the generation that uses
1: literally for everything, aren't you? Because I'm just out of that. Just. All right, you, all right, you friggin' boomers. God. Anyway. Uh, Back in my day. <laughs> Back in my day. Um, it reminded me of, and I know this is going to really throw you, right? Just van Arken. On his debut. Oh, he's got the accent in there when he was when he was like Steve spraying passes out really confidently, and he looked like such a solid defender, and then he he dropped off because Carlos didn't like that way of playing and he didn't really perform all that well after that. But it reminded me of that, but then he's also played like that consistently whenever he has played, and so I'm very much of the mind now where I'm like Please, Darren, Mr. Chancery, sign Mark Bingenis, whatever the hell the price is, because we need him. He's the young as well, isn't he? He's, he's 21, 20, 21. 21. 21. Like him and Famiel, yeah. there you go. There's the long-term partnership eventually. Sort yeah. Of. Well, you him, need to please. Say, it's, yeah, you need to see him together, obviously, but I know what you're saying exactly. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Um, and he's playing like one... that at the age of 21. I'm sorry, but if he's playing like this at 21... How good is he going to be when he's 26? Let,
2: let's also remember what academy came from. It came from Arsenal's academy.
1: Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's it's weird because it is the typical signing that Wednesday wouldn't make. It's it's almost like we don't sign players when they're good. No. We sign players that have been good or could be good, but and then they go on to be good, but they're not good while they're with us. The only players... It, it, it's weird because when you get like, and then when you get like a Forestieri you're like, what? or a Bannon, you're like, what is this? Yeah, They're actually good while they're playing for us and they're exceptional. It's, it's very odd. Okay, this one was in the pot for a while. On the 22nd of August, the headline read as follows, Wednesday have completed the signing of Malik Wilkes from Hull City for an undisclosed fee. The 23rd is the house 10th summer signing and bolsters Darren Moore's attacking options. Do we even need to read all this out apart from the fact nope. he was a key, key player in the Hull, in Hull's League One campaign where they got promoted and he scored 23 goals
1: when Hull lifted the title? I'm and pretty sure tw- everything we need to know about him, you can find in the 7 billion videos that Jake did over the summer. <laughs> I'm so player.
2: sick and tired talking about this. It was one. like a
1: soap opera. Oh the my! The 7 billion videos that hot
2: yeah. entire
0: runtime is 5 minutes, 12 seconds. <laughs> um... He's 23 years old and he scored, you know, 23 goals in a title winning season. And that's even if I take, he can play as a winger or a striker. I think Darren more possibly sees him as a, as a centre forward and and playing yeah. him in a striker role. However, I've got to say, like, I can't wait to have him in my career mode as a, as a, yeah. as a FIFA lad. Like what a player, what a player. Potential. Oh. Oh.
1: Go on, go on, Jack. Why not you start us off then? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm over the moon about this one again, because once again, he's one that I always sign on my Football Manager Saves because he's got absolute bags of potential there. And normally when I'm playing FIFA career mode, I always like to go for players that have got like real scanned in faces because yeah. then it doesn't look like really weird and out of place when I'm in the Premier League. And there's all these other teams with real stadiums and real players. And then there's mine with just potato heads <laughs> kind of celebrating and doing all these... Motion capture. With Barry Bannon in the like, middle. And then Barry <laughs> yeah. <Barron in> the <laughs> middle with a real face. And it just oh but yes, he's gonna be very good on career mode for you, FIFA players out there. Um but I'm over the moon because he scores a hatful. He scored 36 goals in my promotion season on my football manager save. So he's gonna do well, I think. Fingers crossed, touch wood, as the saying goes. Um I, I mean, like how I'm you don't get stick made.
0: for this, but I always get stick for the favors. Everybody go. Everybody seems to ignore the fact that you say, "Oh, he's going to be amazing because he got thirty six goals for me." <laughs> I'm football manager. You say it directly as well,
1: <laughs> Jake. <laughs> he's impressed on the on the on the games that he, he's had so far. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah, fair. Neil, nearly got a cracking like mini overhead kick as like ne- right near the end of that like, first game game. The thing is, this is a signing that makes a lot of sense. You look at all the pieces that took to get the deal done. He gives us something that we've missed in a while, which is someone who can run at a player in an attacking sense, but also get you off your feet a little bit. And the relationship that's there with Joff Windath helps because... They have g- gone on holiday together. I think in his interview, he said that him, Josh, and Barry Bannon all went on a holiday together. So I'm wondering if this was something he wanted the season before, but we couldn't pay any fees. So it was never going to happen. The thing is, is, where you play him, that is the sticking point right now. Where do you play him? Because we don't play with wingers. You either play him up top or you actually go to a system with wingers. I think. He's an exciting player to watch when he gets going, and we've seen glimpses of it. And the annoying thing for us is that you could tell in his interview, he wanted to be here, start of preseason, so he could get going. The The downfall for us is that it's going to take him a little bit of time to get up to feed to where he needs to be and how Darren plays. Again, another player who seems like he needs an arm around his shoulder, he got that in Darren. He's a little bit of a comedian as well when you're seeing some of the outtakes and the dancing on the pitch. And he seems like he's got a personality, which is nice. And if he can get to the heights he was with Hull and get all those goals, the only thing i got is people are going to be affecting it. And that is the big one. They're going to be affecting him to do that. And I think that could be the thing that... I don't think he's going to be one that's going to tolerate fools on social media him because i've seen some of these replies already and they are literally so funny they are really funny because he just doesn't care he doesn't seem to he'll give it back and he'll actually go uh away. away said i've replied to you go away yeah you've got your two minutes see ya <laughs> Yeah, he's got. And for you the, Gen uh, Z
1: listeners, that's the correct use of literally, unlike the one that I made earlier, which was unfortunately an <laughs> over exaggeration of the word literally. <laughs> I've been
2: told. Wow, I got I got, I um, got, grammar right. That's we, bit.
0: we, uh I can see he's such a technical player. You watch him on the ball, and like when he came on Forest Green, the fact he was just dancing around him. I know he was really trying to get a goal, so he's been a bit ball greedy, but you yeah. don't really blame him for that. We were. 5 nil up. Um. So, the way he can just dance around players, the way he can he can, he can hold the ball, the, I, I do think he needs a run. I think this, this uh, what I hope to see from this window is is Darren really getting to these players and deciding that he's going to give the new signings a run in the team rather than bringing him off the bench. But he might have to shift things around a little bit, but with the delay, he might have had time to actually really run that and see how it goes. But Malik Wilkes... So much potential. Andy's hours. Another one we have signed for an underclosed fee. Uh, still around 300k, wasn't it, the rumour?
2: Yeah. Andy's only 23. Again, yeah. it's that age again that you're building yeah. for the future. i start him against Morecambe. I really would.
1: Yeah. He's trained enough. Yeah, yeah. I guess the rust will be gone. So by that, you know, by the Morecambe game, you will have, have gelled with the squad enough mm. and, and trained enough to get back at it. Because don't forget as well, Hull didn't play him all that much last season. He was, he was quite, it's the same sort of thing. Well, not mentally the same sort of thing, but physically, in, in terms of game time, the same sort of thing that Will Volk had. So he was on the bench for mm. most of last season, and he'll be very rusty. And if the performances he's played so far are him with rust, then he's really going to come into his own again once the rust is shaken off. And not to quote Taylor Swift with that, by the way. I know, I know what you were thinking there, James, as a musician. I know what the, I saw the little cogs turning in your, in your brain just there on the Discord call. Um, but I think that... <laughs> but I think definitely that this is going to be a top, top player for us, even in, even when we go up, because he's still got bags of potential. Um,
2: You've also got to remember when he was at Hull, he was playing well under Grant McCann, and then they, ch- they had ownership championship, and then they had manager championship all at the same time. So you have someone who loves playing for that manager gets injured and then can't get back into the team. And the annoying thing with this transfer was just the whole soap opera of everything coming out in the press. We had a deal agreed and then they decided to get it. It was just a pain in the backside, which obviously in that first interview he had, you could tell he was just so happy to have it done, but the frustration was there when he was speaking about it.
0: Yeah, it played out for way too long. But one that didn't seem to play out for any time whatsoever and just came and hit me out the blue. And I was like, what? The Alves have sa- signed Alex Mighton on a season-long loan for the Premier League side Nottingham Forest. Now, that was as reading on 29th of on the 29th of August. Meiton, a rapid winger, rose through the ranks at the city ground impressing at all academy age groups. So he's a 21-year-old. He was born in the US, who he might... He's actually played for England at all the under-20, under-15, under-16, under-17, under-18 and un, under-20 levels. But he might, let talk if he might actually switch to the US yeah. for the World Cup if he, if he can't get England, uh, a sniff of England. So he was born in 2002, guys. Oh, God. 2002. <laughs> and this is one that's weird because we don't play wingers. So I will start, Jake, with you there. We don't play wingers and we sign a, pl- a winger, a very good winger in Alex uh, Mighton.
2: This, this is where I thought there was a formation shift coming. I'm wondering if we're going to go forward at the back and play with some sort of wingers. Because I've spoken to a uh, who's had on the channel before mm-hmm. and other Nottingham Forest fans and they turn around and said, he's a winger. Why are you playing in? Because I, I said we were playing him in the cam in the Bradford games. Like, he's a winger. Play with the winger. Do what he does. And this one came out of the blue. I, I heard rumours that we could be in films like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. I don't see it. We don't play with wingers, and I also thought he'd probably go to a championship club. Again, Darren Moore is the person who's gone. You're. This is how you're going to play. This is how you do it. The only thing I've had from a Nottingham Forest fan, of friend of mine, who turned around and said, maybe they want to try and train him to be a wing back at some point and do that, so we can do that. But I don't think it works. He's a winger. Yeah, and he is young enough
0: to be able to mould his position now, so I do get that side of it, but
1: mm.
0: it depends. It, it depends on the way they do it. It depends if Forrest are looking to play with wingbacks. Forest is just buying a new team anyway, so they probably yeah. needed him out on loan anyway. But uh, And
2: he's so, already done Bannon once in one game.
1: He's done what? Uh, Jack.
2: <laughs> You've seen
1: the memes of the Nottingham Forest team yeah. bus that's like seven stories high, you know? Um, <laughs> yes, Alex Mighton, my opinions. Um, I am... I was so so shocked because it feels like it it must have been such a short term little decision that they made potentially because they might have even seen all, all over Twitter who why are we not playing with wingers and that was that was an impression of Jake did you like my impression of Jake um because <laughs> he's one that's been very loud and proud about we need to play with wingers um which I understand because it's League One and maybe wing backs are something to bring in in the championship. But anyway, uh, Alex Mighton, yes, I'm over the moon with this. And he's another one that I would say, just like Mark McGuinness, if we can sign him, go for it. Because this lad's potential is massive. And already he's, he's, he's one of those players, you know, where when they're playing against you and they go over at the slightest little gust of wind. Yes, there's contact. They don't dive, but... Oh, I've got a little tickle on my in between my shoulder blades. Oh no, he's just. Wonder where that going then? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Pull it back in. There, oh no. Um, I just did a pulling action for those of you, I audio uh, listeners. listeners, the audio listeners that appreciated. Um, but <laughs> but uh, yes. I've got I've Jake that's thrown me man, oh uh, little <laughs> Be a professional blades and he and he and he falls over and we get a free kick now when that happens against us, we hate it when it happens for us, we love it because more often than not he's able to fall in a way that gives us a very good chance that the referee will say, yes, that was a foul, that was a dirty, horrible foul, and he's done that a couple of times actually in the games mm. that he's played, and I think that's one little sure it's game management and haha, but we've got David Stockdale. I mean, come on, surely we're bringing that a bit into the game at the moment and I hate it, but maybe at league one, it's a little bit needed because other teams do that as well. Um, not naming any names, but the, the second name in their football club title is Wanderers. Um, however, Altered. I do think, well, mm, mm, potentially as well, but there are anyway, uh, Alex Myson, yes, over the rim with this. Bags of potential, bags of ability now for League One. And I am very happy with that. I'm very happy with that. So,
2: you know what it is, though, don't you? Nottingham Forest did this with Brennan Johnson. They sent him on loan to Lincoln City and he did really well. So, I'm wondering if they're going down the same model. Have a season in League One, see how you do. They, I don't want to say, they bet to come back down because I don't think they do. I think with what the money they've spent, they're, go- they're going to give it a good try. But it does seem like one of those signings where, like, let's see what you like at League One and then next season go to a championship and then come into our starting mm. a lineup. Yeah, I could see that. Um,
0: for, for our perspective, we just need to start playing in a natural position. Darren Moore mm. needs to sort that out. That's that's the big one on his shoulders there because Martin has got quality and we need quality players. Yeah. And he won't want to sit on the bench all season. And we don't want him in January because he's not being played. So there's that side. We don't
2: it. want another Theo Corbin you. Who's your
0: standout? Jake. Out of all those players? Backinson. Backinson.
1: Jack. He
2: just, he just looks solid and what we need.
1: No, that's fair. Jack. Uh, treble, I would say, equally as big is Backinson uh wilks and probably mark mcginnis i said I one sir you have to pick it's the whole oh, game oh, oh fine um for what we needed desperately mark mcginnis because he's the he's the def- def- definition of playing it out of the back and i well, i was gonna say yeah. the same
0: mark mcginnis oh, yeah for me he's he's my standout um if you look in terms of names, it's probably the fact that we've brought in, like, Wilkes and Mighton, isn't it? But, like, in terms of mm. what we need and somebody who can do things solidly and just get on with their job, Mark McGuinness. You right. know the nice thing about this window, Go. though?
2: It wasn't full of names. It wasn't, we were just going for the... It was more than usual, though. More hmm. than usual, but it was names that you would expect to come down to this level, to a point. I disagree. You know, I disagree because it's because the
0: fact that we signed younger players, usually they're those sort of like players that sign on three-year deals, sort of thing. They're looking for they're looking for championship and building at that stage of the career. But the fact that they've ba- they've backed into this project under Darren Moore just says a lot. It says it all, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. So that's us reviewing the players that have come in. We're just going to quick talk about the players going out. I'm only going to list them because this podcast is going on forever. But it's uh it's all fun and games when it does. So. Sheffield Wednesday released these players. These are, these are the ones that went out the door. Shay Dunkley, Sido Berahino, Sam Hutchinson, Joe Wildsmith, Mendes Lang, Alex Hunt, Silasso, Uh recently left this season. We sold him. Kieran brennan has gone out on loan. Massimo Longo is now at Reading. He's gone on a free in. Flor- Florian Canberra No, Kamberi no, he's at Middleborough. Sorry, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Middlesbrough. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then Florian Kamberi, Um, it, we didn't renew a loan there. So... Any standout for you there that we would like, oh, maybe they could fit in this team and we should have kept? Alex Hunt, we obviously sold to Grimsby. So that's a, actually a new story we didn't put in because it yeah, happened didn't. before the break, didn't it? Yeah. Interesting. Any standout on there that should, we shouldn't have sold, shouldn't have released to you I guys think specifically?
2: Got, I reckon he could have got a lot more out of now. Yeah. I think he could have really got a lot more game time out of him. Um. Lang to a point, but I also think if you're going to play him with the winger, you needed to play the winger, and again, I think that's the case, that we brought him in because we needed players and we weren't playing natural wingers, so it doesn't work.
0: Well, Lang seems to be doing quite well at Derby, so for me, that's the one that's like, if we're bringing in wingers, why didn't we just keep Lang? But there was a yeah. the whole thing about his contract, so maybe he wasn't offered what he wanted there. Jack, does anything stand out for you in terms of the release players, I'm sole players? I disagree
1: with Jake. I think we got rid of all the right players personally, because ah. I think yeah. that even though, yeah, sure. Right. Lang is doing well at Derby under that system, whatever. But I think there was an attitude issue with him. And I, well, he he, he posted that story on his uh, social media mm. account, didn't he? Of, yeah. well, you claim you want me, but then I know it was, I know how you feel about a certain player Huckberg. that moved because yeah. Huckberg, they say they want me, but they won't offer me. They don't reflect that in their offer. And he's like, I, I know exactly what you mean there, buddy. And I just now as soon as it rubbed attitude, me up the wrong way wrong as, attitude. as well yeah. absolutely not and i think barahino probably found his level now because i think all of those years where he wasn't trying hard at stoke and west brom have now caught up with him and i think probably we can do a lot better and we have in malik wilkes because he's far younger and far more yeah. potential you know i know he did well I, for you in your career mode to plug your <laughs> series of videos quality, he did work lad, very yeah. well in your career mode um Wilkes are doing even better, and dynamic, he'll probably make me hundred million like potentials. he did. Yeah,
2: yeah. I just hope there's a sell on fee with Hunt or even a buyback if he does turn to be good, because we've been burnt on not doing that in the past.
0: Yeah, but you can't keep a like Hunt. Is it that he's 22? No, you, so you've got to let go. You know, it's yeah. like it's we when we got midfielders around that age, it was time to to let Alex Hunt go. If really. he was
2: if he were gonna be in the starting lineup, he would have been in the starting lineup last season. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. That's Sheffield Wednesday's window. Let's talk, uh, talk about some other players from League One. I have picked three players that I want to point out for other clubs for specific reasons and just discuss them with you. If they're on your list, tough, you can cross them off and we can discuss the players that you brought. <laughs> I will start as the host. This, the host will start this time. So the standout signings, that I, I've gone for signings, by the way, from the other, the other clubs for this window that I think have improved the club massively. Now for my dark horses for the league... Uh, me and Worker we did that episode when we were predicting the league I put these in second and it was Portsmouth and that signing I'm going to highlight here is Colby Bishop because he has got five goals in eight appearances for him so far from Accrington Stanley for an undisclosed speed this standard 25 year old has already signed five goals for them in that Portsmouth team who are looking like they're on the up I don't know if you've seen much of Bishop but like in terms of a striker signing you can't ask for much more there Thoughts Hmm. Jake?
2: He was on my left he was on your list. He was on my list, yes. really. yep. Um He was on he's on my list. I think that was a cracking bit of business by them. He, he got the goals against the club. We didn't mark him, but he does look very good quality. And Akron and Stanley do have a habit of making players good and then managing to sell them on for a bit of a bit of dash. So very good sign. And I think that was a smart bit of business by them. They needed a goal goal because they, they brought in Marquez last season. It just didn't work. And then yeah. now they've got it working.
0: I noticed you'd noted down that Portsmouth had a good window in general. Was that just Bishop or have you have you got more to add um, to that?
2: No, I think with Portsmouth, P- P- they brought in, they were a bit slow to get going. So when you bring in, let me get them up here. So they brought in Marlon Peck, who they know. You've got Michael Morris, no centre-back we all know, but for this level, really good centre-back. Know what he's doing, they will show up a defence. You've got Piggott, who didn't, really work at it switch, but when he played in league one with uh ASC wimbledon he was always very good again another player who started very well as well
0: I'll link with those as Bishett well yeah
2: and piggott at top is very smart business and you got also the got uh griffiths on loan for the season in net which we know what he's like he's a good keeper
0: yeah he is um I'm going to go to Cora Hurrahan next because I kind of have to mention him for Derby because he's come down and he has shown quality at this level. He's no Barry Bannon. We'll leave it there. But he is, he is yeah. an excellent player and Derby have done well with the recruitment in general, I would say. Uh, was that the other one on your list, Derby? Yes. You had teams with a rebuild and you put Derby County. So what did you want to say about Derby County?
2: Derby County, with how they've had to quickly build a team, they've managed to convince some players to come in. And the thing is, it's not hard to convince players to come into Derby County. You can sell it with the name. Let's be honest. Derby County, easy to come in. But the players they brought in, you, you've already mentioned um, Hulhan. They've got James Chester. They've got David Grit, who will score goals and is scoring goals. They had to do a complete rebuild this season. And what they brought in is interesting. And if it works, it's going to be beneficial for them. The only issue they've got is is first time in League One. It's the worry I had when we came down coming up against the Shrewsbury Town or they lost 3-2 to Plymouth at home. Where games where they're thinking they should be winning, they don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? That mentality shift needs to be a thing. I'm sorry, Jake, are you
1: you calling Shrewsbury Town small?
2: (laughs) No, I'm just saying they're the (sighs) teams that clean teams who Come and get shut up. Jack uh, have you done this
1: in terms of <laughs> players or clubs? Yeah, oh yeah 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 I've um yeah I've, there's a couple um there's Leaf Davis I think is quite impressive um signing made by Ipswich uh, transferring him in from Leeds because he's he's one that has got a lot of potential for the future. Um and I think he was quite highly rated as a youngster there but they've signed uh, they've signed him for 1.08 million which I think is quite an impressive figure in League 1 to mm. be honest. Um, yeah, been, he's, also, he's
0: obviously 22 as well, and he's got mm, um, good player. He's he's got his whole career ahead of him, and for for those who don't know, he's a he's a defender can play left back, centre back. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll possibly I don't know if they have signed him predominantly as a left back there, but yeah, you've got Ipswich right up there, haven't you? Does that factor, Jake? Yeah. You, do, Jake, you put yeah. Ipswich up there as one of your teams? Yeah. Does that factor in Leaf Davis? Do you have any
1: more Ipswich Le- players before we do this, Jack?
2: Lead Yes, and yeah, harness. I do. I've I've
1: um, also said uh, Marcus Harness, the the winger from Portsmouth, for 630 grand, because um, I'm very surprised they let him go because he was one of their top performers last year. And to be honest, I would have maybe liked to to see us sign him because I think he would have fit the bill quite well with uh, with under Darren Moore and how he wanted well, to one play. one of those Although one of those wingers that winger. we play. <laughs> He is, yes. he is a winger, you know, whatever, but I think he would have been an ideal sort of replacement maybe for um his name's completely got Mendez-Lang, Mendez-Lang, Mendez-Lang. I think he would have been an ideal sort of replacement for Mendez-Lang and he's younger. Um, yeah. so
0: Portsmouth haven't really you know, um, but, suffered from it though, I think. That's one of the the big things about no, it because they could yeah. have done. And he's 26, he's a good age to get a signing. Ipswich have had great windows. But it's actually working for them. Do you want to expand on it, Switch, then, Jake? Because I know you've wrote a bit about them.
2: So, the switch window, they did very well the last window. But the problem is they brought in 19 players, too quick. Paul Cook came in, didn't work. You've now got someone in McKenna who is very good. He's a very good coach. He'd come from Manchester United, so he knows what he's doing. Uh, I think uh, Lee Grant is 13 coach there as well. Uh, out of all random stuff. But you look at who they brought in. Leith Davis, 22. You've got Marcus Holland, 26. Uh, Camera, who we were looking at from Plymouth. Yeah. Didn't want to sell to a rival, then suddenly sell to a rival on the last day of the transfer window. Annoyed me. Freddie Ladapo, who can't go goals in this thing.
0: He's on my list, three- by the way. I've just realised that my last two players on this list are Ladapo and Keo. Yes, because Ipswich have just done the sign as they've done the business, but carry on.
2: And then you've also got the one that's the unknown because he didn't really do it for all. But I reckon if he gets a full season is John Jules. John Jules, when he was at Donny for the little period he was, he did do some very good business there in terms of goal scoring. But they've just gone about it in the same way, uh, Wendy. You look at it, you've got 23, 23. 21, 26. So you've got a good mix of experience in youth. And I think that's what you need in this league. Yeah. Cause they didn't need much to start off with. I think Dominic no.
1: Ball's probably a underrated signing as well. Mm. Cause he was always excellent for QPR and he's still a very good age at 26 as well. Um, I don't know how he's been performing this year so far, but I, I do think he was one of their like constant fixtures in midfield for QPR. Um, yeah. We'll find out. signed him on a free Very as well. Soon,
0: so it's even we? better as it's, well. Yeah. Yes. Well, you will find out. <laughs> um, I it's on here you've got. We'll, we'll skip a couple of these because you've said MK Dons have got a rebuild. I think that's pretty obvious. Um... Their,
2: rebuild, their rebuild is ridiculous, though. I think they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 14 players in. And the big one that, for me, that you're thinking that they've let. That are gone, it's got Twine and Harry Darling. You've got your main and then you've got your main defensive partnership gone. Yeah, And I think they could be the ones that do what odds this season where it takes a while for them to uh, kick on and then get into the playoffs. I don't think they're anywhere near it yet because they look like a team that really are struggling to know who each other are. Yeah,
0: they're, they're, they, it's tricky, especially because you end up at the wrong side of the table quite quickly. Uh, Jack, mm. any teams to to bring forth? You said you had another, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I, um, I would say Portsmouth have done very good business, to be honest. Um, I'm very, well, I'm in two minds about the fact that they've signed Dane Scarlett from, on loan from Tottenham because mm. I'm very jealous of that because I think he's the sort of player that we absolutely needed, a very skillful, quick um, centre forwards. But I mean, yes, yeah, sure, we've got Wilkes now. But I also understand why he might have not wanted to come to us because Portsmouth is down south and is a lot closer to London where he probably wouldn't want to move from. Um, because he probably quite likes the London lifestyle, so to speak, at, at his young age, and yeah. I don't. He would Sheffield's... have to move
0: closer though, because I think it's, yeah. it's because it's it's
1: road. You would you'd have to do quite a bit of travel mm. depending on where in London he lived. Mm. Um, but I'm very jealous about that, and I'm I think that's quite a top signing for them. Um, but I also would say, underrated signing that nobody's really talked about much is James Collins for Derby. Um. Mm. Very good for, very, very good for Luton and was a key figure in getting them back up to the championship through all of the, cause he was with them from the non-league days, I believe. Um, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I just have a Luton Town friend who was, I was at university with and he constantly would be just talking and talking and talking about Luton Town. Oh, they're great. They've got loads of players from the non-league days and they're bossing it in the championship. Ha <laughs> ha But, um, I would say he's an excellent signing for Derby. And I mean, he's, he's been getting these, you know, last minute equalizers, et cetera, for them recently. And I would say that's a very good signing for them. Um, considering they're in the, the doo-doo um, because of, you know, the administration, which don't get me started on that. I'm not sure why they've been punished less than we were, but it is what it is. Yeah, is. Um, no. <laughs> let's not get into that whole wormhole of a, Situation, but I think that's a very good signing for them. But Derby overall, the signings they've made, I do think it's more of a literally like us. I think they will do what we did last year because their signings this year have been married very much along the same veins as our signings were last summer. Yeah, um, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think they'll reflect how we did last season. Personally, um, that's fair. But yeah, I, Ipswich and Portsmouth and us. I would say, have had the best window, in my opinion.
0: I'd, I'd probably agree with yeah, that, agree. in fairness. Yep. Um, Jake, wrap up this section by talking to us through Plymouth, because I know you've got Plymouth on this list.
2: Yeah, Plymouth are weird. Plymouth are a really weird team, because you're wondering where they're going to get all their goal from, because of Jekot, and Jekot's left. He'd gone to Swindon, I want to say. I alone believe. For season. That's correct, I'll check. Uh, but Plymouth are after last season you could tell they were going to have a really weird transfer window where they didn't need a lot they didn't need a lot to bring in but that disappointment and not getting uh the playoff play with 80 points hit them hard so you look they've gone for another Matt Butcher and Stanley really good at Atkinson Stanley, and now you've got something who knows League One in that mid, uh, defensive midfield role. You've got Sam Crocco, which is a little bit of a rick because some people say good, some people say not. So far, he started okay. Uh, Finn Azza, who is a 21 year old centre midfielder from Aston Villa, really good player. Watch out for him. He's a very good player. But they've gone about their business quietly. They haven't brought in like flashy players. They've not had to bring in too much because the team's already there. What they've brought in is a lot. They've brought in one, two, three, four. Ball, five loans and two frees. They haven't got a lot of money to spend, but they know how to build a team. They've shown that last season that they know how to build a team. you got to remember last season was weird for them because they lost their manager. Now they've got Schumacher who can now completely put in what he needs to do and what he wants in. Because you've got to remember, that team last season was full of people who were Ryan low signings. Yeah. So you've got people in here that are his signing. I think they'll have a bit of a chip on their shoulder this season from just missing out. It's
0: probably quite, it's probably quite not ideal that we've delayed the playing because the longer they've got together, the better they'll probably become. Yeah. Which is uh, not fantastic for us, really. But
1: yeah, that you was You might a... say you might say that Plymouth are really hoping to uh to race away with points at some point. Get it? Because the manager's called Schumacher. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 I nearly made a Schumacher joke, but I stopped <laughs> as soon as he said it. it it's boring On that line of can you? Not not in an offensive way. I wasn't going to be offensive.
1: I, I was referring to the current yeah. F one very good driver schumacher rather than the previous i don't watch f1 in racing f1 but neither do i i just know that he does well and Even i'm not there an was f1 fan a schumacher really, in anyway.
0: f1 i watched the one that was with the drones that they did in like dubai or whatever because yeah. that was apparently dramatic and then i was like oh this is quite entertaining but apparently mm. that's about as entertaining as yeah. it's been for a very long time so i watched i watched it at peak entertainment right that was a lot of talking about the transfer uh, window, which is which is exactly what we want. We will quickly touch on the matches to come. So if you've watched through this just before the match, because it's a longer podcast than usual, Sheffield Wednesday are playing Morecambe. And uh, the- Morecambe are currently 23rd in League One with no wins, four draws, three losses. So they've got four points. Their home record is no wins, two draws, one loss. Their away record is no wins, two draws. Two losses. They're playing also, Wednesday. and uh, Cole
2: Stockton is not starting. He's not even on the bench for them at the moment. He is completely down towards. Oh dear.
1: And of course that means they're going to beat us, doesn't it?
2: Yes. That's exactly yes. what I was about to say. Of
1: course. So here it Optimistic, comes. Optimistic, as ever, about Sheffield Wednesday against a team that's on a loss streak, you know?
0: Exactly. <laughs> but that's, this means that we'll probably lose to Morecambe, but then when we play the team that are first in League One, We'll hammer them. At the weekend. Absolutely, yeah. Because that's the game we've got to talk about next. Ipswich, who have got 17 points, five wins, two draws. They are unbeaten in the league. Their home record is one win, two draws, zero losses. Their away record is four straight wins. No draws, no losses. They've picked up 12 points on the road. So Ipswich really putting the money where the mouth is Mm. this season. And they're playing us at Hillsborough, so right. can they make that five play, yeah. on the road? Oh. What do you think about uh, Malcolm
2: Ipswich, Jake? I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit the the weekend game kind of threw me a little bit because of having none. I think and they'll set up in a way. If they set up that low block kind of thing, we could be in trouble. I think it's switch That's why you put your wingers quite... on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think against It switch, we'll be able to go on the counter-attack a bit more because they do leave little pockets of room where you can get in between. And granted, we'll be going into that game as well with our unbeaten home record gone. So we haven't got that to go, oh, well, we've got this. Mm. We've got this situation where now that's out the way, we can actually go, right, we need to put on a new unbeaten home record, set the bar higher. But it can be an interesting game. They are so far far away from each other in terms of the table. It, you, you know what's going to happen. Mm. And I don't want to say it. You know what's going to happen. Jack,
0: you talk us through what's going to happen
1: at Ipswich before he says, you know See, what's going to happen. So go on. Well, I, I, I think Morecambe, a bit, looking, looking on historic fi- uh, fixtures when we've had like an international break or in this case, the break because of Her Majesty passing away. When we've had an away game, immediately after a break, for some reason, we've not really got into gear and it's not really a home game. It's been great. Hit the ground running. Nice little win. Two nil, something like that. That's normally what happens. But an away fixture, especially going into the very rainy, torrid conditions of the Lake District. Where the Morecambe is? See, I'm a geography student. I'm a. I, I've got a geography. Degree. Yeah, it's not though. No, you went, I went you, to you the Lake District
0: and then went to the Morecambe game. <laughs> and oh yes. Oh um, my God! I, this I, night I and day.
1: Carry on. I, <laughs> but I definitely think that it's going to be a closer game than people might think, because I think they'll see. Oh, big club Sheffield Wednesday. We need to. We've got. A rap. We've got, like, the... Hmm. Are you know saying Mocham are a small club? No. However, what I am saying... Did you see the sigh that I just made? <laughs> <It comes in laughs> That's going to be a thing now, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> are you saying so-and-so is a small club? Um. I think that because of the comments made in previous years by managers of teams such as Morecambe, um saying that Wednesday are a big club and putting all the pressure on us that it's all on us that if we win and it doesn't matter if we lose to them because it's big club Sheffield Wednesday but I think we've always sort of had this lethargic nature and this this naivety of oh we'll beat them easy it's what mm-hmm. happened against Bradford and that's that's one of the reasons we lost against Bradford and I don't want us to do that I want us to say right okay time to thrash them time to send a message <laughs> Just like, hopefully it will be against Ipswich as well. Time to send a message. We're coming for you, number one league spot. We're not, we're we're still having the sights on winning the league. And that's the mentality we need to carry into it. And yeah. hopefully that's what happens in an ideal world is, you know. Just but remember last time we played
2: happen. Morecambe at home, we absolutely played them off the park and they beat a 1-0?
0: Yeah. And that was the down... <laughs> we've already had that loss that's going to kind of like set us, yeah. set us yeah. down the path. That was the, the one that set us a little bit shaky after an all
1: right start. It was. But yeah. It was, it was the loss that felt like we'd been relegated again, sort of, kind yeah, of, sort yeah. of atmosphere. And, oh, God, because here because right we go. end of September, October time, And lost, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, boys, that is it. That's all I've got for this week's episode of the Talking Wednesday podcast. Jake, anything to add, my friend?
2: Um, not really. It's been a long one. Uh it's about two hours. So I think it's the longest one we've done.
0: Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Uh we should still be doing the podcast, by the way, next week. We're not yes. taking a holiday for the podcast. So we will be here as usual, I believe. But yeah. Uh Jack, anything to to round us off with today, my friend?
1: Um well, I would say if you like the longer form of the podcast, please leave a like, and also remember to leave a review because they've been a little bit dry. The the well of reviews has been a little bit dry and a little bit barren in uh, recent they've months. They've not existed. We need to get back on them. They've not existed. Please leave us a review because it also pushes it out into the world more. When there's more reviews, more yeah. people, higher numbers of reviews and likes mm. and whatever mean, ooh. Lots of people have watched this or listened to this. Let's listen to it as well. Um, so please, please do that. It's even if it's just like, it's all right. It was good. It's good We've got to be That's five it. stars if you want it read out. Five stars. Good app, yep.
0: Great. Yeah. That's all we need. Five, five stars. We'll read it out.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you want to hear your voice live on air through, well, hear your voice. I mean, hear your text via <laughs> our voices live on air, then please leave a review because they've not been in existence for quite a while. We need them, please. Jack, have
0: you ever left a review of the podcast?
1: Uh, No, because I watch them on (laughs) YouTube. I am many things, and a hypocrite is most definitely one of them. And I also don't don't know how to leave a review on a podcast. Oh my, right. There's a link in the description. description. (laughs) You heard it here, folks. In this little segue, that's a comedic little segment that we hope that you're laughing your little socks off to. There's a link in the description to leave a review for the podcast. So go and click it and leave a review.
0: Right, that's the podcast. Thank you so much plug, for plug, watching plug. this week. It's been a laugh. It's been good to talk to you all. We will see you in the next episode of Talking Wednesday. See ya. Au revoir.